1: Yeah, the music comes up, the theme plays, it's like, uh, you know, Bugs Bunny. Uh, da, da, doo, 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 doo. Anyway, just waiting for uh, Brianna Cannon to call in uh, and we'll do our, our government inquiry report. And we've been talking off the air about a bunch of different topics, so I have no idea exactly uh, where she's going to want to go this morning. Big news, of course, in Florida is, is Hurricane Ian. Um, and I always think they miss a, a great chance to uh, to include Democrats in the names here. I mean, where's Hurricane Hillary? Where, where's, Hillary? where's Hurricane Barack? <laughs> Let's have some fun here. And, of course, we can take the, the geldings uh, as well. We could have Kirk, you know, Hurricane Kevin, uh, Hurricane, uh, who's another good gelding out there. Anyway, they're all out there. Uh, but that's, that's what's happening now. So where I am in Milton, Florida, I'm right near Pensacola. So I am supposedly out of the, the cone of, uh, of possibilities here. So we shall see. But my hurricane was Sally. And so it's it's quite an experience. In fact, Brianna's on the line now. See, see if she has any weather experience. Uh, Brianna, did you ever get caught in a hurricane or any major storm or any really big event, a uh, uh, weather event or anything like that? Good morning.
2: Good morning. I'm in Oklahoma, so there's been plenty of but they've all just passed right by us.
1: Yeah, you get tornadoes. I forgot about that. I have not been through a tornado. In fact, I sort of joke around my, my experience of weather. I was in New England for the blizzard of 78. I was in San Francisco for the earthquake of 89. Uh, I was here for Hurricane Sally. Uh, I figured next I should, you know, move next to a volcano or something like that. Get get the full <laughs> full range of Earth uh, earth events. Fortunately, I've been fine, and it's, uh, you know, <laughs> knock on wood there. But, uh, yeah, so it's 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 a good uh, – it, it's interesting that it's uh, – just you know life you experience all these these crazy things can happen to you and it doesn't matter where you are something's going to happen someday somehow some way so it's uh it's kind of interesting anyway what uh where should we go this morning what would you like to talk about
2: um i was going to talk about patriot academy this morning because i keep saying okay. that i would so
0: and if I no, that's, it today.
1: Hey, listen. You can change your mind. I change my mind constantly throughout the show. In fact, sometimes it's so bad I have to change the title of the show because we get so far from what we uh, decided to do. But I'd rather be spontaneous and interesting than follow a format and be boring. So you're always free to change your mind. Don't don't think for a second you're restricted in topics. But tell me about Patriot Academy because I want to get those folks involved with the show and us involved with them because there's a whole you know. Um, army of of potential lobbyists out there that have been through Patriot Academy. And I think once you've got all this wonderful experience, you know, let's, let's keep it going. Let's keep the momentum. So tell me, tell me what's, uh, what's happening there now.
0: So there's um,
2: the part you already know about, about the student leadership Congress, which um, we've also talked about with Amber. Um, But they also have like a bunch of different classes and courses that you can go to learn. One of the, the reason that I actually heard about it, it started with biblical citizenship.
0: And What's it's a that? Course that? You
2: can take, and I don't, yeah. I don't remember how many days, or because uh, they do like one day a week, how I did it. Right. But whenever I did it, it's kind of like an online um, lesson that we had Eddie Shearer, he was like the coach or whatever, because they would like mm-hmm. train him to teach it, and then he'd come in, and he'd teach it, and he'd put up the videos and stuff, and he did an amazing job, and it goes through all of this information on how um, America was founded on biblical principles, and it tells you about um, the founding fathers and um, American blueprints. Have you ever heard of the National Monument to Our Forefathers?
1: No, I thought uh, I've heard national monuments. I've been to D.C., so I've seen the Washington Monument. I spent a lot of time in the Lincoln Memorial and the Jefferson Memorial, Um, but I don't know of of one particular national monument.
2: Yeah, it's called um, National Monument to Our Forefathers. It's in um, where is it Plymouth, Massachusetts, or close to there? Near the Rock. I think I'm pretty sure. I'll be able to check on that.
1: Okay, but
2: it's um, the largest granite monument in America. And it's like hidden by a bunch of trees and in this neighborhood, so it's actually most people don't know about it. Hmm. And they have different figures all around it. And is—it's a beautiful statue. Um, you could probably find it on Google and look at pictures and stuff. Well, of I'll post
1: it. on it now. Yeah, so it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's called the National Monument to Our Founders. What's the title again?
2: Forefathers. Yeah, okay. National Monument to Our Forefathers. And um, in the biblical citizenship class, one of the videos had a part of Kirk Cameron explaining it all. Um, He also has a uh, movie about it. It's called Monumental, I think. And Hmm. he goes in depth explaining it and stuff. And it has like um, a statue of faith and liberty and education and different things like that. And um, it's just so detailed. And it's they call it like the blueprints of America. You know,
1: this is really interesting, interesting because, yeah, what, what, what's interesting about it, and i got Pianchi on the line, too, so he'll probably join us in a second. Um, what's interesting is that the, the, the communist Marxist left uh, is the, that controls the schools and controls a lot of media and a lot of Hollywood and a lot of uh, you know public opinion wants to convince everybody that this is a nation based on slavery and a bunch of other stuff. So anything like this is being hidden. I hadn't heard of it. You know, and I'm pretty aware of, of, of what's going on, and I had never heard of this, but it makes sense that you're not going to hear about, especially the values. Um, later on in the show, I've got a couple of hours uh, after you and Josie, and I'm sort of going to be focusing on what's going on in Europe right now. We've got uh, Nigel Farage in England. We've got uh, Giorgio uh, Meloni, um, probably butchered her name, uh, the new uh, prime minister of Italy. Uh, Marine Le Pen, who should have been uh, Prime Minister of France or President of France. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, and all these people have one thing, and Trump here. They all have the same thing in common. They love their country. They're, they're nationalists uh, in in the sense of loving their country you know, and doing you know, things to promote, uh, like America First. And all this stuff is being trounced by the globalists who are saying no, it's, it's a um, you know, all this is wrong. You know, we're all collective. You know, we don't want property. We want, uh, you know, our energy. We're going to tell you what to do. So in other words, it's this massive globalist control thing. And one of the things they all seem to do in all of these countries, including ours, is take away identity. Your personal identity, your religious identity, your, your, your spiritual, your, your national, uh, your gender identity. I mean, everything along the way is designed to take away everything of who you are and replace it with something else. So the idea of taking this national monument and not emphasizing it and not making it a priority and not talking about our founding values fits right in with the, with the Marxist model that we're going through right now. This is a really interesting time in history. You know? I'm curious what you think of it all, but does that make sense as to why this would not be something that people would know as much about?
2: Yes, definitely.
1: Hmm. Um, okay. So, picture Academy. Yes. All right, go ahead. You had more to say. I'm sorry.
2: Yes. So the class. Um, I don't remember how many days we had it for. Mm-hmm. But you can they. While you're doing the class, you can also go online, and they have this workbook. And they basically have, like, fill in the lines where you fill in the lines, like, words or whatever from the lesson stuff. Basically, Mm -hmm. I think it's meant to help you learn it better. Um, But it fills in the answers anyway. So if you don't know, it works for you well to get the answers and stuff. And so it's not like you have to stress about it or anything. And whatever program or lesson that you do, it's saved to your account or your email that you had set up on there. So you can always go back. And review any of the material. Mm, I think that's a really good part about it because it's not just like one and done. It's always there for you to go back and reference.
1: Well, that's the problem with education Um, anyway. You take your test and you forget everything. (laughs) I mean, the cumulative knowledge that people have from school—it's designed to make. I mean, that's what summer holidays for. It's designed to make you forget everything. Whatever minuscule amount that people learn in government schools, they forget it over the summer anyway. So you're basically starting pretty much almost at zero every year. What's interesting about the title, Biblical Citizenship, because immediately you know you're going to hear people say, "What about the separation of church and state?" You know, the one that doesn't exist. Uh, this is fascinating. So, uh, um, and it's also interesting learn yeah, the Patriot Academy talks goes all about year.
0: That.
1: Oh, go ahead, tell me. Yeah,
2: yeah, it, yeah, it talks about that. How, and it, it's very commonly known at this point how it was. Um, one letter by Thomas Jefferson because um, it was like a mother or a woman and she was writing and concerned about, you know, the church taking over. I, I think it was the church taking
0: over. Um, oh,
1: actually, I I did report uh, you you know, have a, I have a piece and... on that. Yeah, no, you're a little bit off. Now, I, yeah. actually, I don't know if we have time. I might play it at the end. Um, I'll see you. I'll, I'll talk to Josie. Yeah. But um, I made the church a state. What it was was the Danbury Baptist, so Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, I think, I forgot about the capital. What's the capital of Connecticut? Danbury, isn't it? Maybe it is Danbury. Anyway, the religious majority at the time were, were Congregationalists. And back in those days, back in the, the 16, that would have been the 1700s, because it's Jefferson. They, they had, they didn't have a, um, any prohibition about uh, people having a state religion? Well, they did have a state religion prohibition. It was the First Amendment, but it didn't apply to the states; it only applied to the federal government. And so, the Danbury Baptists were being discriminated against by the Congregationalists. In other words, if you wanted to hold office in Connecticut in the 1700s, the state religion was Congregationalist, so or Presbyterian, one or the other. Anyway, I'll, I'll go back and check it. But uh, the Baptists were the minority, and so "Wait a minute." <laughs> You know, what's going on here? We have every right to, to serve in government as, as, the, uh, as the congregationalists do. You know, you can't have a state religion. Uh, and uh, he said, yeah, that's right. Jefferson's, yeah, exactly. So in other words, what Jefferson was really saying is that the First Amendment applies to the states as well. And that didn't happen until the 14th Amendment, you know, in the 1800s. But that's what that was really all about. And what's confusing for people is that they read or hear about Jefferson's answer, but nobody ever reads the Baptist question and so the question was how can you know what happens to us religious minority folks in a state where there's a state religion and that's when Jefferson said well you can't have that there should be there should be a wall of separation between the individual and your religion and your church and god you know the state cannot be intervening there cannot be a state religion, in other words, First Amendment, you can't establish a religion. That's what it was all about. It had nothing to do with mandating a separation of church and state regarding um, the fact that nothing government could have anything to do with religion. What it meant was that government cannot have a state religion. there cannot be a government religion like the Church of England. you know King Charles is now the head of the Church of England. Uh, he's like the lead bishop, you know. They have the Archbishop of Canterbury, and above him is, is King Charles. And so that's what it's really about. In fact, I should probably better play it. Um, let me think. Let me see how long it is here because this, this actually makes a lot of sense to do this because I explain it better when I have all the information in front of me. Um, does that make sense? Have you, had you heard about that at all or no? I'm just curious.
2: Um, I've heard about. I didn't hear about the Connecticut Danbury story. Or maybe I haven't just forgot it. Yeah. But um, I heard about the rest about um, not having like the power, the separation of powers that they have to control government and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But the but I separation what... of them entirely wasn't even, wasn't yeah. even a thought for them.
0: Huh. I and I it, it, be... it also talks about
2: how actually in those um, in the conventions and stuff, whenever they're making that, mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson wasn't even there. It was oh, like a, kind of on the outside of that part.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what is a biblical citizen, though? Because we think of citizenship as, as to your country, but is this is this your citizenship with God, or or how how does it work exactly?
0: Um,
2: I, I think it really just talks about. Being a biblical citizen in the way that you still believe in God and you follow the blueprints that He's laid for us okay. and the foundations and what he wants because that's kind of what America was built on. And as on like um citizens of God I mean, that's I don't know if I would understand enough to comment on that. Properly.
1: No, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and again, I ask all kinds yeah. of impossible questions because I like to think for myself, a lot of questions I ask don't have an answer. Uh, and, and it's fun just to kind of speculate. So I'm thinking about biblical citizenship. So obviously you don't have citizenship with God. You know, we're all part of uh, of God's creation. And so the question is, we have citizenship with our country, but citizenship implies you know, good behavior, loyalty, you know, it doesn't mean, uh, you know, doing what the government says exactly, which would be different than, than scripture, but it's a, it's a membership. And and so if you're a biblical citizen, you're, 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 you're a member of, you know, God's community as opposed to those that deny it, the, the atheists, the agnostics that aren't sure and, and everything else. So I think it's more metaphorical than it is actually, you know, a citizenship with a passport and the whole bit, but it's an interesting way to think about it. So in other words, are you a, you know, not only a child of God, but a citizen, with your fellow citizens, with God. And it's an interesting way to look at it. And then you think, well, citizenship has values. And those values would be, you know, freedom, uh, various other things that you talked about earlier. Does it make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All
0: right.
1: Yeah, we'll figure this out. So what were those values again? That you had Like four of them. I'm going to get these down here. You mentioned them earlier. Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, let me find all four so I can be positive about it. But I know there's Liberty and Faith. Faith is actually, like, at the top center. Because they have one on four sides, like, kind of closer to the bottom. And then they have one on top in the middle of the whole entire thing.
0: So, and Liberty? she's
2: got, um... Oh, okay. And she has this, um... Hold on.
1: It's like the justice statue? Where you have the the the, the, the yes, blindfolded woman have, with the scales of justice? Is, is that in there? Um, they have, I think it's less
2: uh, liberty, not justice.
1: Okay. Well, while you're yeah. looking it up, actually, let me, yeah, if you get the other three, I want to include this because this is interesting. The question is, and this is something we had to solve when I worked with Jen Clark in Australia, uh, one of the founders of the Freedom Trucking Movement, and we had to define liberty. And it's not easy. <laughs> You know, it takes a little challenge. So have you puzzled over, or do you have a good working definition of liberty?
2: Um, freedom?
1: Yeah, they're, they're, they're similar, but there's a difference. Very big difference. Have you thought about it? It's an interesting question. Pianchi, let's bring him in the conversation. Pianki, what's the difference between freedom and liberty?
3: liberty is the ability to seek freedom.
1: Okay. Brianna?
0: Yeah. Wanna give it a shot?
1: No, it's not. hey, listen, there's no wrong answer here, okay? So this is this is not uh this is not like, you know, a school or a job interview where there's a right answer and a wrong answer. There is no right answer here. Well, there is sort of what I think, but I want to know what you think first of all, and then I'll tell you what we came up with.
0: Um
2: I think we all have an ability to try and seek freedom in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Just some ways are like easier, more adoptable. and other ways, you might get killed doing it. But you still have the ability to at least try. So with this definition, I think it's good, except for the word try makes it a a little bit tricky. Are you reading
0: a definition? The way that I comprehend
1: it. Hold on a second. Are you reading a definition or is this the one that you've come up with? Brianna. Oh, me? Yeah, were you reading a no, definition? I'm not, or I'm was not one? reading it. Okay, I was just curious. Okay, so I want to know which, which is your thoughts and which is which is down there from something else. Pianki, go ahead.
3: Well, yes, it's just like having free will. Mm-hmm. You have liberty to go out and try to rob a bank knowing that the consequences is that you're going to give up your freedoms. So liberty is like free will you can choose, but you be prepared to suffer the consequences, which in many cases will require you to give up your freedoms and be confined.
1: Interesting. What we came up with and took a little bit of research uh, is that freedom, you know, it's like the absence of control. So in other words, you're free to do anything you want, except we have laws, you know, which kind of prevent it. So that is a certain measure of control. And the reason we did this is because we actually came up with a chart. You know, at what point uh, are we at liberty? So liberty is more societal. So liberty is, is, is the, the, the national. In other words, liberty is more for the, the group uh, as opposed to freedom, which is for the individual. So individual freedoms create group liberty. And so if we have a nation at liberty, where, where liberty exists, it exists because we have a Bill of Rights, because that Bill of Rights is enforced, because we have courts that enforce it, police that enforce it. You know, we have a, a society that, that collectively enforces, you know, our individual liberty. But liberty is a societal and a national thing uh, as opposed to freedom, because you can have individual freedoms. You know, people take freedoms that are bad. I mean, you have the freedom to get drunk and kill yourself. So that's, that's, not, that's not liberty. That's not a society at liberty. And so if you look at freedoms as individual and liberty as more of, of national or whichever, you know, group or society you're, you're putting together, uh, it tends to make more sense. So what we decided, what we, we did when we invented this chart on, on where liberty is, liberty is the point where you have the maximum freedom, but just enough laws, just enough laws to, to keep you safe. And, and uh, in other words, personal protective laws uh, and, uh, and property laws. So in other words, you, if you, you don't want to be on anarchy. Because anarchy is no law. I mean, that's that's a that's a terrible situation. That's tyranny, just as much as it is totalitarianism, dictatorship is tyranny. So the question is, how many, and, but, yeah, but that's liberty what the, is, go ahead. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: That's what the founding fathers, like made the point of, right? They they instituted the government to mm-hmm. protect the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, or mm-hmm. also known as property in some cases
0: of definition. Yeah, um,
1: it could be more, though. I, I think is happiness because... is more than property. We, that's something for us to discuss, actually. I uh, Think about it. But go ahead. Tell me. Uh, but you see where the use of liberty, they didn't say freedom. It's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness on a national level. It's not life, freedom, and the pursuit of happiness. It's two different things. And I think it's a, it's a distinction that's not made. People use these words interchangeably. And I think if you delve into it a little more, more they're not really interchangeable. Anyway, go ahead.
3: You know. But I think,
0: like, they're... oh, sorry.
1: Go ahead, Brianna, and then I'll get to Bianchi.
2: So I think the really big part of that is that they instituted the government to secure those rights specifically, and that's kind of, I think, what you're talking about on which, like, freedoms do you limit because you don't want to have anarchy because anarchy will will infringe on, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right?
0: Mm -hmm. You can't have
2: anarchy and have all those things. And so they created the government to protect those rights.
1: And you can't have tyranny because I mean, that's absolute to... control by government, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Piaki?
3: Yeah, you, you made mention of the courts. If courts come down with a decision, see, judges are supposed to listen to arguments between two parties and then render a decision. Based on the evidence that the parties present, if in political cases, at any time you think that the Mm -hmm. decision voids the Constitution, you have the liberty to tell the courts no.
1: Let's talk about that. Brianna, do you see the courts as, as as a force for the protection of liberty or the protection of government or both in different cases?
0: Um,
2: Protection of the government is a weird concept to think about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it's
1: not easy. It's not easy um, being on this show because we we take on you know the the questions that aren't being asked anymore. Think about that because I mean I just that just came out of my head. I don't know where that came from, but protection of government. I mean that to me seems. You know, I said that for an obvious reason. A lot of my questions are loaded. I, I try not to be as biased as I am and try not to be so obvious when I ask a the question because they borderline on rhetorical most of the time anyway. But that's, a, that's a, do the courts protect liberty or the government, or does it depend on the situation? And
2: whenever, the judges
1: and, you know, Whenever you
2: hear protection of government, mm-hmm. like my first thought is, oh, that doesn't sound good, <laughs> but... No, it, does. um, it
1: doesn't sound good at all. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm curious what you think.
2: But with that, I think um, the, founding do- the founding fathers did put some things like in the Constitution and stuff to protect individuals in the government or their jobs. And so you could say it would be protecting the, the government because what happens is like they get to be in that job. So long as they don't do this. So they, their job is protected unless this happens or unless they were voted out or unless – so it's not like a, a free-for-all. So I think there are some protections placed on the government jobs. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: I do, but that's not what I was getting to. When I think of protection of, of government, I think of, of the Congress that, that uh, passes a law that's, that's blatantly unconstitutional. And the court says it is by interpreting it and then protects that government power. Uh, We talked about, we did our, listen to our Labor Day show. We just spent a lot of time on labor history. And there was a time when the Supreme Court had this bizarre doctrine called liberty of contract. And what it said was that the individual employee bargains equally with the individual employer on an equal basis. Well, that's patently absurd. That's irrational. You know, a manager bargains with the entire force of the company behind them with a poor employee who, you know, because of unemployment, you know, most likely has to take the job, whatever the conditions are. I mean, that's the way it was certainly back you know, when uh, when the courts were doing this back in the early 1800s, and that's how labor unions formed. Because labor unions say, wait a minute, this isn't equal at all. We're going to give the union, we're going to give a, an employee representation with the union equal to the manager's representation with the company. So the company is bargaining collectively with the union, not with some poor little individual. But the government, but the Supreme Court protected the corporations and the government power through this bizarre concept called liberty of contract, it's not the first time it's happened. Segregation was protected for years and years in the courts. Um, things, you know, today uh, they're, they're just insane. Um, labor unions, federal government labor unions, which shouldn't exist. You know, John Kennedy, you know, wrote an executive order uh, saying that uh, you know government workers uh, can unionize, and it's been crazy ever since. So the government protects its own power. Uh, You know, just this different examples, but the courts I see as not necessarily a force for good, like they're supposed to be. Now, there are exceptions. Clarence Thomas, when he wrote the gun decision saying that New York cannot violate your Second Amendment rights, um, you know, by having a May issue concealed carry permit that they never gave anybody. That was a good thing. But then New York turns right around and says, okay, you can carry a gun. we'll, We'll do a shall issue permit, but you can't carry it in these places. And they listed virtually everything except your home. You know, so Government protects itself. This is why juries are more powerful than judges. This is why uh, liberty—we are the guardians of liberty. It's supposed to be a government of we the people, not we the government. Oh, background noise. Who's making breakfast? Is it your place, Brianna? Hope yeah, my know. mom's
2: getting ice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Hi, mom. What? When, when, <laughs> oh when they get, your, we'll, get your, we'll get your we'll get your folks on the phone sometime. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, anyway, yeah. So if you have to if you have to mute yourself, feel free. If something's like crashing or something like that, just you know, just put your phone on mute and then unmute when we're uh, we're back talking. But what do you think though about the idea of, of government protecting itself, and it's our job to maintain our liberty using the things in government that we have, the the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, uh, the states against the federal government. It's a battle.
2: I think that that's very important, and that's one of the big problems today is. Whenever you use the Constitution to our benefit, people are trying to disregard the Constitution mm-hmm. and our laws and stuff and our ability to keep it in its bounds and, and to make sure they're doing it right and protecting us the way that they should be in our rights. And mm-hmm. a lot now people are saying, oh, that's outdated. Oh, it's not good enough anymore. Oh, it didn't account for this or this or this. And people are trying to manipulate it into a non-existent form so they can have what they want without having those laws instituted. And um, this is actually talked about a lot at Patriot Academy Hmm. about how strong and true the Constitution was and how far the founding fathers actually did look ahead. And, of course, it's not absolutely perfect. I mean, nothing can be perfect. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Perfect is like an impossible state unless you're Jesus.
1: Well, we're trying on the show. I just want you to know.
0: (laughs) Um, This is a great point,
1: though. And I think Pianki had a comment, too. But Panky, why don't you ask your your point, and then I've got uh, uh, some of the things on on what what Brianna's hearing about discounting the Constitution, because this is interesting, too. Pianchi, did you have a point?
3: Well, yes. One of my points is that uh, it's very important that young people are taught and introduced to the founding documents of this country. It's very important that you look at the documentaries on the Revolutionary War, the War of 1812, the Mexican-American War, World War I, and World War II, especially, and study those military leaders like George S. Patton, Irvin Smith, Doolittle, and then you would begin to understand the trials and tribulations that this country went through and also, in many cases, divine intervention that led us to be where we are today. Brianna?
2: Yes, definitely. It's very important. There is actually a couple of people at Patriot Academy that wrote bills to include many of the founding documents. And um, some were even like to include the citizenship test to graduate high school, or the civics test.
0: It's yeah, I know,
2: I know someone who wrote a bill familiar
1: with that. <laughs> Amber, you know, your, your, your co-reporter almost here at uh, on Fridays wrote a bill that people can't, uh, you know, run for office until they've taken a the citizenship test. And I don't know how we're going to institute that. But the idea is that we should be able to find out if people who are running for office have any knowledge of the Constitution that they're going to swear an oath to. So this is a good idea.
2: Yeah. And it's, yeah, they have documents like the Constitution, the federal Papers, Declaration of Independence, and they have things that need to be instituted in school and that you need to learn before you graduate. And I think that's a very important thing, because if you don't understand how your country runs, what you can do to protect it, then you can't really protect yourself.
1: Yeah, uh, Joseph's here, but I want to keep you for a couple more minutes, and we don't have anybody for the next two hours uh, at the top of the hour, so we have got a little extra time. What are you know? When you, you said some very interesting things, and this is very common, uh, but I'm curious what uh, what your friends are saying. You know that the Constitution's old, that it uh, you know was written by uh, you know old white guys, that it uh, it doesn't apply anymore, that it needs to be modified, it needs to be a living document. It you know it doesn't say you know the things that we should have. You know Obama was big on that. Well, it, it only talks about the negative. It doesn't talk about the positive. It doesn't talk about what you're entitled to. How do you handle those kinds of of, of questions and objections?
2: Um, I haven't had it uh, personally stated to me directly by anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really just been stuff you see and you hear about and you learn of other people doing, but I've never encountered it personally
1: yeah so but why do you think those kind of things are out there? Because to me there's a, there's a political objective behind it.
2: I think it's got something to do with the spiritual too, in the mm-hmm. case of it's pretty obvious how the world is going more and more towards sin, and people are doing more and more wrong. and so what happens is they want to be able to really do that sin or they they have been so corrupted with society and what they're wanting, that they're trying to use every excuse in the book to change it to allow them to do whatever they're wanting, whether it's right or wrong. Whether, whether, it doesn't really matter on that to them. It's whether they want to do it, whether they think about it, what um, the mainstream news thinks about it. You know, if it doesn't go with that, the Constitution's got to be wrong about it. That's that's kind of their mindset. And if it, it doesn't work for them, then obviously there's something wrong with it. So then that's where they find things. Like, oh, it's outdated, and all the other excuses. That
1: no, makes a lot of sense. Um, Josie, do you have any comments or questions for Brianna?
2: Uh, good morning.
4: Um, all I can think of in my mind is the court system is corrupt. Uh, the court system is not for the people. Uh, before you even walk in the door, they already know if you're guilty or not, and that's, in my opinion, <laughs> That's what we're facing. And they make millions of dollars daily. They're all about the money right now. The judges are super millionaires. And they're not for the people. And they haven't been in a long, long time. And now the FBI, it's, it's not for the people. We thought they were working for us. Now they're dropping cases, uh, investigating child uh, uh, abuse or child uh, uh, abducting. They're dropping all the cases because now they're going after the civilian people like us. And that's what they're doing. They're not for the people at all. It's yeah, a that's corruption. A whole,
1: that's a whole big topic. Brown, you might want think about that. Yeah. yeah.
4: Judges and all that, yeah. they're so corrupt. Corrupt. Yeah.
1: So talking about government protecting government, this is a case where the government is actually reinforcing unconstitutional, tyrannical power based on the fact that we don't even have a legitimate government right now.
4: No. No. The The judges and the FBI, CIA are for the deep state, not for the U.S. citizen people to protect us and help us and work for us. They're not working for us. We're working for them. And they're yeah. coming to abuse us now. And it's and out so of control. And so
1: in this situation, yeah. can liberty exist, Brianna?
4: Of course. Liberty can exist. We just have to get rid of all of them.
1: <laughs> we'll get Brianna back in there one more time. And then uh, let's get, you know, I, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree with you, Jesse. Brianna, let's get your final comment. And of course, you're welcome to stick around if you want. But I uh, just want to make sure, uh, get last word in. And then let's, uh, let's do it again next week.
2: All right, so um, I guess I'll close out the Patriot Academy. Um, They have, if you go to the website, it's just patriotacademy.com. You can look at the programs and stuff they have. They have um, like constitutional defense and stuff, um, and they have like this class where you can learn to be a constitutional coach. And I'm pretty sure you can go in person and get trained with that, but I also think there's an online way to get trained to be like a constitution coach, which really just means that you can go and teach one of their classes and know it and have a good understanding of how to teach it and stuff in like your church or a school or a group or wherever you're wanting to teach it. Even if it's just at your home and you're just wanting to learn it with your family. Um, but they have a lot of good programs.
1: Okay. Hey, let me tell you, you're getting to be a much better speaker. Um, you, you, the whole, you're just, you're just getting better at this. So keep going, keep reporting, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Um, but uh, uh, check out your, your, some of your early recordings and compare what you're doing now. You sound fabulous. I just want to let you know.
2: Thank you.
1: You're welcome. So what I'm gonna do is after Josie's report, I'm going to play our Church and State piece that I made for our own channel, which is Action Radio Founding Moments. This is where I'm going over all the founding documents, Articles of Confederation, uh, the Church and State Letter of, uh, of Jefferson the Baptist. So I'll play that so you can listen to the podcast later. Uh, I'll, I'll play it in about half an hour, three quarters of an hour, depending on how much time and, uh, and then we'll uh, then you can really get an idea where that is. But go to Action Radio Founding Moments, and also if if you and Amber can get a hold of Rick Green Patriot Academy, I want to start working with those folks. You know, we've got probably thousands of graduates of Patriot Academy that could be lobbyists for citizen legislation. You know, considering that's what they did there at the academy, that would be fabulous to do. So let's talk off the air and see if we can work on that too. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay, I'll talk to you next week.
2: All right. Thank you.
1: All right. You take care. Let's bring on uh, Josie's report. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. And now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cosby knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border, from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Cossie. Yeah, i got to make Brianna seem and amber, too. We have some fabulous young reporters. I'm really impressed with with these two. Good morning again. Good morning. Buenos dias.
4: Dobre utra. Dobre utra.
1: Um, Konichiwa. (laughs) Josie-san.
4: Buenos dias. I wanted to talk about... Hola, hola. (laughs) Hola, hola, (laughs) Bianchi. Como (laughs) estas? Aloha.
1: just going to (laughs) bombard you with different languages.
4: This is funny. Mm -hmm. Actually, as we're speaking, I'm getting messages from Cuba right now, because I'm worried about the hurricane and all that. But the families that I know, they're on the opposite side. So she was just texting me just now from Cuba, telling me that they're okay. And they're way on the opposite side. So that family are okay. But I haven't heard from Well, Cuba's pretty
1: long. How long is Cuba? It's a couple hundred miles long? I mean, it's not very wide, but it's very long. I don't long.
4: know, but it's very long. <laughs> yeah, it's like Chile. the The country of Chile is like a long little strip. <laughs> I mean, it's very long. Yeah, you know? it's, yeah, it's the
1: only nation that's all beachfront property.
4: <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Chile is so beautiful. The beaches in Chile are gorgeous. Yeah, I lived there for a couple of years. Uh, so did but, uh, Argentina
1: give up that, that land, or was or was was, was how did the, how did they divide up? How did they just to make that map? that Chile got all the coastline and Argentina is just kind of stuck in the middle. Stuck in the middle with yeah. you.
4: But Argentina is beautiful too, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, the mountains are gorgeous. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: It's, yeah. I need to go. I, 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 need to I, go. I, I don't know Christmas South America in at all.
4: Ooh. Yeah. I spent a Christmas in Argentina one time and I didn't mm-hmm. know what was going on because at midnight, all the the families get out and they, you know, when a person gets married, and they attach all those little cans to make all the noise, you know. Mhm. Yeah. Uh, and and we were in bed already in the hotel, and I'm like, I'm hearing all this sound. I'm like, what is going on? And it's all the cars like in a parade at 12 o'clock minute with all this noise. <laughs> I'm like, what that's the great. Hell is going on? But you know, that's what CES yeah, is for. They got so you the can best in the yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. It, and uh, and the beef, oh my gosh, the beef is excellent and yeah.
1: Well, they got cowboys so, and ranchers. I mean, the, the gauchos, right? Isn't that what yeah. the South American cowboys are called?
4: Lots yeah, there's of a. Beef, yes. there's
1: a there's and they eat at got nine,
4: ten o'clock at night. Oh my oh, gosh, really? it's so late. <laughs> and all the little children, they get to get drunk. A lot of the little kids, they're so used what? to because they drink that sangria or little wine at huh. their dinner table. And it's, it's normal it. for children to have a little bit of wine. Yeah.
0: Wow.
4: So it's good. But it's, it's beautiful. And um, I hate to say this, but my uh, family were like uh, part of the American Embassy Diplomat.
0: Mm-hmm. And when
4: you're the guest, you get to eat the bull's private part. And oh, is you know that the, exciting? Yeah.
1: I do. Yeah. yeah.
4: So that's part and, of the. And that's an honor? Thing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So. Wow. And and in Nicaragua, I'm not my a diplomat. mom.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> thank God. Well, or oh, guess. guest. You don't have to be a diplomat. I'm saying if you're the guest of the party that night, and in Nicaragua, my mom, she used to cook the eyeballs of a cow, in a soup, and uh, one of the family. There we went, <laughs> Are they looking, looking at you?
0: Are they looking at when you? It's
4: done? Oh yeah. Oh no. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of the Americans uh, traveled with me at the time from D.C., and my mom served that soup. And I've they altered. were disgusted about it. I said, what is this? What are eyeballs? So, and, and it's, it's crazy. We eat everything over there.
1: Well, if you're poor, I mean, you look at the Asian <laughs> yeah. countries, too. They eat everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you go to an Asian market in Chinatown in San Francisco. You'd be amazed what you see. Dogs, Every, everything gets eaten. Oh, everything. They're all in small cages. It's horrible. You know, yeah, just it's it's and an amazing my, you know westerners have have no clue <laughs> go go to a market, go and, to fish market
4: in mm, Miami. Fish. they shut down a couple of restaurants in my homestead area because they were serving cat and dogs that's why that's why a lot of oriental restaurants they put so much red stuff that you don't can I identify the meat at all mm. so I don't eat Chinese food at all, no. No, I don't oh, lesson in Miami.
1: But American Chinese food. <laughs> Chinese, this is the yeah. thing. You go to Chinatown in San Francisco, Chinese there are Chinese, and America, Chinese yeah. restaurants, and they are American Chinese restaurants, and they're very different. Yes.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but let me
4: talk about Cuba, um, sure. what's going on right now in Cuba, uh, and I get feedback back and forth. I have different families in Cuba. I communicate. I was finally uh, send money to Cuba. There's a scam with everything you do over there. Mm. Um, but you know, 63 and communists and, and the Cuban people have been suffering. But now the government is cleaning house again, like what they did back in the 80s with the Mariel boat that they sent to Miami,
0: yeah,
4: grandmothers and little kids and eight patients. You know, they clean house.
0: And criminals. Uh,
4: right now, about jails are out. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They're doing the same thing again. Uh, right now, about 200,000 people have left Cuba, and it is insane. I thought it was 120, but I was listening to a report from Cuba. It's about 200,000. And uh, what they're doing now is, there's, they have like a package, right? They say, okay, you can go, you can go to a vacation to Venezuela or Nicaragua, but especially in in Venezuela you get a package deal hotel and everything and when you get to Venezuela they ship your bags to Cuba you don't even you don't even get to go to the hotel to you put your bags and they ship your bags so it's a big scam going on the Cuban government is pulling because a lot of these families are struggling selling their home they sell everything to escape Cuba and then when they come back they don't have nothing and sometimes they get torture and murder if they get sent from the United States by biting administration. Uh, So a lot of the ones going to Nicaragua, they're not being returned like the ones from Venezuela. So Mm -hmm. they have to pay a little bit more for the package to go to Nicaragua. And from Nicaragua, they make it all the way here. Instead of going to the next country next to it, which is Costa Rica or Panama, you know, if you really are looking for political asylum, there's first country you hit, that's the one you should be getting political asylum, refugees. But no, they all want to come here, of course. you know how Well, because
1: they're not here for asylum. You know, Pianchi and I and you and I talked about this. They're here for the money. Yes. You know, I was just making a little yeah, note to heard. myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's a question, mm-hmm.
4: though. I, I heard when about them. Go when ahead.
1: Trump comes back in, in 2024, or ideally January 21st, 2023, uh, so he can, st- he can finish out his stolen term and still be able to run for okay. a, a, a full second term. Um, He can invalidate. He's going to invalidate everything that that Brandon did. But because Brandon was never president, you know, if we can get some kind of ruling on that, the the gellings aren't going to help. But if we can get some kind of official status, official ruling that uh, Brandon was never president, that means that every illegal that came in, you know, has no status. And it could be just as quickly removed. Which is why the geldings should he be will. saying, Don't get comfortable, you're not staying. But see, they should be telling them that now. Yeah. The Republicans should be saying that right now, his commitment, you know, McCarthy's fluffy little commitment, the what I call the one night stand uh-huh. promise. <laughs> you know, say uh-huh. anything or do anything to, yeah. to, to to get someone for the night, you know. That's what he's doing. Well, but there's not one mention of illegals. But they could all be sent out. Well they could be sent out anyway. But the point is that uh, that would make it even a, even a stronger case. But look, he was never president. He couldn't authorize anybody to come in. Y'all got to go. Yeah. So pack up and leave or yeah. we're going to make your life miserable. Yeah. Okay, me. yeah.
3: They will go. They will go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All
0: right. Go ahead, Bianchi. Yeah. You know,
3: Bianchi? Well, even so, they still are here illegally. No matter who's sitting in the in the White House, they broke the law. And the law was allowed to be broken, disregarded to allow mm-hmm. them to come in. Yep, He got to go.
1: No, I agree with you, and it, I'm just saying it would be a stronger case if it, if it's it could fair. all be declared that uh, that Brandon, anything Brandon did was illegal because he was never president, he was never commander in chief, he could never order anybody into battle, he could never sign executive orders, he could never, you know. And I'm still not, not sure the status of the student loans, but there was nothing he could legally do simply because he was never president, and that should be the number one goal of the geldings. In fact, I, I had a comment with uh, someone on, on Facebook this morning. Oh, you're, you know, you, you've got to stop telling people to, uh to not vote. I'm not telling people to not vote. I'm just telling people to make the Republicans live up to being Republicans. In fact, I, Chelsea, I your uh, opinion. Uh, yeah not Yeah. Personally, just, uh-huh. I do not think we're
4: going to have an election at all. That's okay. my, my take.
1: Well, we didn't um, have one last time, but we, we, we had a coup. But
4: we have uh but not this time it's going to be different but um we have an illegal president and we have a lot of millions of illegals uh invading our country that's what they're doing Mm -hmm. they're invading our country our military is in it helping the deep state fbi CIA, the courthouses the court i mean the court judges the supreme court everybody's in it like i said a few minutes ago with a young girl on the phone
0: Mm-hmm. This
4: is a corruption not for the people. They're against the people. They're mm-hmm. not for us. They're against us completely. These people go to D.C. to work, and they're nothing but a fraud, a corruption, deceiving and lying to the American people, the CDC, the, the FDA, all of, the, all of them. They want us mm-hmm. dead. They want us dead since we're in the womb of the mother. It is out of control out of control. The whole thing has been going on for years and years and years, but now they're right in your face, and they don't care if you know about it or not, but it's coming to an end, all of it, and they know it, so they're panicking right now, but anyway, before I, before I get all excited, I wanted to finish the Cuban thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what's happening in Cuba also, a lot of times, uh, mom or dad or just dad leaves because they want to come to America of course you know they go to other countries but they ended up here eventually because they know all the goodies are free here Uh, so parents leave the home and leave kids unattended with like a cousin or brother or uncle or grandmother guess what the government is it they become owners of your children right now in Cuba so they are selling kids to gays to any couple they want for sex trafficking or anything they want. They don't care as long as you come to Cuba and buy a child. This is what's happening in Cuba, and it is horrible what they're doing to so many families right now in Cuba.
0: Is so this Cuban
1: government-sponsored, or is it like a cartel the there, Cuban like The Cuban government is
4: doing this. Okay. The Cuban government is doing this right now. They're, they're becoming owners of your children if you leave the country and then send for your child after you make a little money, oh, I see many works. of them do that yeah, yeah. it is uh, it is horrible. I have seen uh videos that some of the people are sending me that moms are crying here in America because their child is gone. It's no more in Cuba. Somebody took them to Europe, somebody took them to the state, or any other country, and a lot of them are child traffickers coming to buy the children. mhm. The so whole concept of buying a child,
1: you know, and, and they say, and they, and they blame yeah. the United States for slavery in the 1600s, and yet this is exactly what's going on right now. And it's always the communist yeah. countries. You know, you don't see this happening in free countries, yeah. you know, and that would include what we used yeah. to be. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, um, well, I got a question. But, for, yeah. Go ahead.
4: Go ahead, go
1: ahead. Well, I was thinking, we were talking about the courts earlier and and the idea of the courts protect the government, not the people. And that was kind of a new concept for Brianna when she was thinking about that. Nicaragua, under communism, how how did the courts operate? Did they, were they, I'm guessing the answer is that they they enforced all the government policies, that there were no recourses for people. and, And that our courts are becoming very much like their courts.
4: Our courts have been like that for years and years and years. We just don't know about it. Okay. If it wasn't for Donald Trump, we will not know about all this deep, deep state and corruption that has been going on. It, it, it's been going on, let me tell you, for a mm-hmm. hundred and something years. Mm-hmm. No, It's horrible you. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. No, it's I'm really learning funny more when, and more uh, yeah. about what's going on.
1: Well, it's funny. When I first You'll came to the United shocked. States when I, was, uh, when I was a young teenager, my very first thought was, this is the next country for, uh, mm-hmm. for like a Nazi takeover. And I said, because I realized how big the government was. I said, there's no way you can keep Mm -hmm. this in check. And I was like 12 years old, right? I'm just a kid. And I get to the United States and I'd never been here. Well, I've been here for maybe like a day or two or a week, you know, on business or things like that. So I didn't really know that much. But once I'd been here for for a short time, I started watching the news. I started getting out committed because, you know, it's Mm -hmm. my third country, right? After Canada and Australia. And so I'm kind of brought here and dumped here. (laughs) I'm thinking, okay, now where am I? You know, but I realized very quickly, I mean, the Vietnam War was still going on. I'm thinking, and I lived in Massachusetts near this massive Air Force base where the B-52s and the C-5s, the the huge, you know, galaxy transports used to fly in all the time. Raytheon's up there Mm -hmm. where our our lead secretary of defense came from, uh, Austin, and and some of the other things. And I realized how big the government was. They built this big base. They have these monster airplanes. You know, we're at war, but we didn't see it. You know, it was a war that was unseen. And that's why they could keep it going so long. You know, the war in Afghanistan, the war in Iraq, the war in uh, Vietnam and and Korea. The reason they had them going, you know, was because nobody saw them. People just disappeared. They were gone or they came back crippled. You know, but you didn't actually, we, we didn't have our cities bombed. And I looked around and I thought, this government that can do this, that can wage a war and nobody sees it? they have that much control? I'm thinking to myself, this, because I already studied, you know, Hitler's Germany and, and Japan's emperor because I lived in Australia. And in Australia in the 60s, you know, World War II was only 20 years previously. There's a lot of people when I was in Australia, remember World War II, remember the Japanese in Northern Australia. You know, and I yeah. talked to folks that were 20 years older than me and they, you know, they remembered. Okay. So I really I had a lot of firsthand accounts of what life was like in Australia that could have been under Japanese occupation. You know, it was fascinating. Can you know, Greg? Yeah.
4: You know, Greg, when everything gets released, when all the truth comes out soon, Mm -hmm. which they are promising, everything will be out in the open by Donald Trump and the military in Q. When -hmm. everything gets released, and supposedly JFK Jr. is going to release everything with Donald Trump, and I believe it. I believe that's why they postponed the magazine for the 22nd. I have a feeling, the feeling that... J.S.K. Jr. is going to introduce his magazine because out of the blue, why is George coming back? And it is coming back because I signed a release by the lawyers of the team for my story that it's going to be there and it's going to be October 1st. I hope they make it the the, the deadline October 1st. But uh, well, that's all is going to come out. Yeah, all is going to come out. Everything, all the corruption of child trafficking, the vaccines, they've been injecting poison to a lot of the United States citizens 40-something years ago. Like Dr. Judy Mikovich always says, never, ever, ever take a vaccine of any type because they've been creating autism, bipolar, schizophrenia, Alzheimer's, cancer, Parkinson's, everything. It's in the vaccines. It's in the vaccines. And uh, I have a friend of mine, she's a pharmaceutical, uh, her son is a doctor, her husband is a doctor, She and she has a lawyer uh, daughter. They also get the vaccine because they believe and trust the CDC. And yeah. now the young, um, well, he's not that young, he's 30 totally something years so old. The son is engaged uh, or, or to marry this Jewish woman, and she's telling them, I will never, ever vaccinate my child. So they're having that argument right now that he wants his kids vaccinated with the routine vaccines, of course. I'm not talking about the COVID, but the routine vaccines are deadly, deadly. And we didn't even know that they've been doing this for years and years. No child in America, I mean, not that many children should have autism, uh, cancer. I mean, back in the 60s, we barely heard about cancer. It was here and there, you know, but now everybody has cancer. Uh, three out of five people have cancer in America, and this is all well organized, the whole thing, and it's been going on for a long time, including the cheap shoes we're buying from China. It's giving us problems so we can have hip replacement and knee replacement. We never heard of such a thing in our life. You know, this is funny. I'm going to tell you.
0: My Not because so People are,
4: are overweight now, to... too,
1: but, you know, that's that's another big problem. Overweight because causes the food, that's the knee so hip knee replacement.
4: Our food, right?
0: Yeah. They're yeah.
4: poisoning our food with GMOs. And they're trying to put all this, like the Gatorade. The Gatorade is deadly, and all the all the young people say, "Oh, Gatorade because it's gonna take care of my thirst and all this." And mm-hmm. I stopped buying Gatorade when I found out there is no good. It gives you cancer. So all this stuff, which part of it gives you cancer? It.
1: Which which part gives you cancer? Because
4: of the because of the color that they put, like oh, okay. the uh, uh, as, as a friend or whatever you call that. Yeah. It's, it's bad. And well, the biggest problem is it has, uh,
1: there's no everything. magnesium. This is one thing we learned from our doctor's panel. There's no magnesium in, mm-hmm. in Gatorade. And magnesium is the one mineral that allows you to regulate your body temperature. So they're giving you something that, does, that supposedly, you know, helps you with sports and activities. And the one thing it doesn't do is give you the one mineral that would allow you to regulate your temperature when you're engaging in sports and activities. Okay. So it actually, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a negative. It, it actually is worse than water. You know, for many reasons, but I didn't know I gave you yeah. cancer. I have to uh, look more into but, that. But, but yeah, well, here's a question American
4: though.
1: Yeah. Well, I was just What's thinking. You know, is this is this by design that they're actually trying to kill all of us? Because I, I have a problem with that simply because the more people they kill, they lose their market share. You know, it's, it's like the cigarette companies. I mean, you know, they, every time they uh, you know somebody dies of lung cancer, they have to find another customer to make up for that customer that they killed well, off. So there's a limit not, to it. Noticed, yeah. No,
4: they, they know you're gonna die eventually, but more people are being born. What's happening is, uh, mm. if you have cancer because of them, they try to do all these chemotherapies, and they're making a lot of money. I have a friend right now that um, I think he's not gonna make it. Uh, oh, I told him to get off the stinking chemo. I talked to uh, Dr. Judy a couple times about it. Remember, she keeps telling me get off the chemo now
1: oh, yeah. because yeah. the
4: chemo is what's really gonna kill him.
1: Well, look up David Trombley. Really David, uh, David found on the show. He had a rare bone cancer. He cured it naturally. He got rid of all the poisons. You know everything from filtering the water. Locky. You know in the shower too. You know you got. I got to get a shower filter. Yeah. So I'm I'm gradually improving. You know I do farm fresh eggs. I don't buy eggs in the store anymore. You know none of my stuff has GMOs in it. I don't buy. Yeah. You know, really hardly ever um, produced food or food that has been altered in any way. It's just mostly you know raw fruits, vegetables, and, and uh, meats that I cook. And that's pretty much it. Meat eggs, and fish. Yeah. You know, so so I'm yeah. doing the best that I can. I'm feeling great, by the way. You're <laughs> losing weight. You know, this is this is, this is is kind of cool. Um, but there are there are so many things you can do yourself, but people don't think about that when they buy their potato chips. Exactly. And, you know, but hop into Burger King. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, my question, yeah. though. Don't was, eat a, do a Burger think, King
4: or McDonald's, whatever you do.
1: Oh, please don't. Oh, no. Yeah. I used to no. love. No, no, at, no. At, after I don't band, want to tell after,
4: you what I know, but it's ugly. No. Don't, don't well, eat a McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's. No. Never. Yeah. I haven't well, been to a now. McDonald's in 20 years. Yeah,
1: 20 years. The last time I was in McDonald's no. was in Paris with my daughter because we were curious to see if it was the same. It was the same. <laughs> it's exactly it was the same. Here. Yeah, exactly. But you know,
4: here. Greg, uh-huh. people in America try to lose weight, but it's, it's almost impossible because what's in the food, you yeah. know? And I know a lot of people are having fast food because it's fast food, it's good, and they don't have time. They don't want to make time. There's time to cook. I cook almost every day. It's the only fast food I cook food minimally. That I know.
1: You know, I mean, there's there's a way to do it. Like I have enough fruits and vegetables around here that uh, I have Me plenty too. of food that doesn't require cooking. In fact, most of my food does not require cooking. You know, and mm-hmm. so because I'm a single yeah. guy, I got things to do. I got a, I got a major international corporation to run. <laughs> By the way listenership Mm -hmm. is skyrocketing in Canada, Australia, and and over in Great Britain. So I want to invite my listeners, you know, in those countries, uh, listen, if you can listen live, I know there's time zone differences, I know there's problems, but if you can listen live, use live chat, you can type in a message, our Skype line is always on during the show. So anybody can call in using Skype and the code is right there on our broadcast page. You know, it's mm-hmm. where does it say it here? I'll find it. <laughs> it's down there in like the third mm-hmm. section of stuff. Skype live. You know, uh, it's like colon dot CID dot a 5382909DE1. It's right there. It's right there. So anybody can, you know, so all these new countries, I want to get them more involved. We're in fact, this is a good time to announce this. And Josie, you can actually help me with this too. I'm going to start the the Action Radio International News Group uh, project. And so we're going to have mm-hmm. an international news page. So anything that you want to put on there before your report from Chile, from Argentina, from Cuba, any of those stories uh, that reinforce. I always try to post stories that I use on the show ahead of time uh, so people can take a look. But we're going to have an international news um, group uh, that you can uh, uh, do a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, Pianki, same thing, because you report on a lot of things going on in African countries. That needs to be in this report also, anything international. Uh, I'm going to find some folks in mm-hmm. Europe uh, to, to, to bring us more stuff. I have a Canadian reporter. We've got Jen Clark in Australia. You know, I'm sure she'll be. I'm going to talk to her about posting stuff, or if she can't, I have a couple of other friends in Australia right now. Uh, my friend Anthony, who used to live around here, uh, lives in New Zealand now. And so we're going to get the New Zealand story. In fact, I have to have him back on the show. So we've got a lot of international contacts just what we do mm-hmm. here, and you have international contacts as well, and so feel free to post uh, uh, stories, and especially, even if it's a Spanish story, you know, we all have translate buttons, yeah. you know, so we can we can do that as well. So a lot of things happen. Hey, anyway, did, so go ahead.
4: Did, did you know Zelensky just bought a, I don't know how many million dollar home here in Florida?
1: Oh, the the, the, the president of Ukraine? The
4: president from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Oh, isn't
1: that interesting? Wow, yeah. Somebody so, well, telling that that's why we donated yeah, that's why he donated yes. so many billions of dollars. Hey, can you get a picture of that? Can you post it on our Action Radio group page?
4: Somebody was telling me, so I have to find out a little bit more. And uh, he's okay. from Florida, this guy. Zelensky? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody was telling really? me he's from Florida. And uh, the deep state put him in office. Obama, Bill Gates, George Soros, the Biden, the Clintons, Nancy Pelosi, all these all camps, They put him in office.
0: Yeah, it's whole all war is well a scam. The
1: whole, the whole Ukraine war is a scam because we know I mean Colonel Doug McGregor who's a who's a, a, a friend mm-hmm. of the show sort like distant because he doesn't know that often. But um but he, you know, told us that the Ukraine war the Russia's you know overwhelming. You know, they're mm-hmm. calling up all these troops and things like that. But there's no way that Ukraine can win a war against Russia. That's just insane. That's just no, that's, that's there's stupid no, to think about.
4: No.
0: Well
1: You know, but but the thing, what it, they should, it's, Well it's what do you think Trump What do you think Trump would have done? I think he would have called a a peace summit, got Zelensky and Putin together, you know, uh, Mar-a-Lago, and they would have hashed out some kind of a deal. That's what I think Trump would have done.
4: Well, what I know, not 100 percent, Trump is working with Putin, destroying all the labs in the Ukraine, and they only destroyed 35, but they don't want to touch the rest of them. It's a total of 46, according to the Pentagon also, that they say, oh, yeah, we do have 46. Uh, they haven't destroyed the rest because they want to show the world exactly what's been going on in the Ukraine. So they keep keeping yeah, that. Yeah, and,
1: uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of the 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 wait until the right time, you know, theory. Uh, well,
4: it here's will one come. for you. It will come. Just be patient. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, that's, that's a difference. But so Zalensky. far only
4: 35 put and destroy. Uh, yeah. And uh, I believe Trump sent about a couple hundred snipers, and uh, the neo-Nazis are gone. Yeah, they've been taken care of in the Ukraine. Uh like I said before, if Putin wanted to take over Ukraine they would have done it in twenty four to forty eight hours. Boom. One, two, three, done. Uh, a lot of a lot of different uh villages in the Ukraine right now, uh, they're they are having have voting mm-hmm. in some of the villages to either stay with the Ukraine or stay with Russia. And a lot of a lot of them are choosing Russia out of their own uh Self, not being forced by Russia like Crimea. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't know about it. But Crimea was the people voted to go with Russia at the time. But see, they don't tell you about it because the Zelensky government's been so corrupt, torturing and doing so many bad things to people that they couldn't stand it anymore. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what they're doing. Other other small villages right now in the Ukraine, they're choosing to go on the side of Russia for Russia to take care of them because uh Putin has rescued so so many families that you will hear later about it uh from being tortured and killed the whole family by Zelensky's uh military. Yeah. Well this
1: this is the story that people don't hear. <clears throat> See I, I did a little research on, on No, Ukraine. they don't know. Yeah, Ukraine is an interesting nation. Uh it's divided pretty much in half by the, the Dnieper River. The most
0: corrupt country in the yeah. world.
1: Oh, absolutely. This is why the They're Democrats both. always you know, use it as a money laundering operation. But what's interesting is uh-huh. that the eastern half, uh, the half closer to Europe, is much more German-identified. And that's where the, the, the neo-Nazi groups are, are based. And then you had on the other side, you've got the, the western side is next to Russia. And if you look at the territory Russia has taken, it's all territory uh-huh. that's, that's very strategic. It's all along the, south, the southeast corner all the way through Crimea. Crimea. It's like this ribbon of land. Crimea. You know, it, it's a very mm-hmm. interesting thing. Now, the people in the Dundas region, which is between Russia and Crimea, that south, southeastern part of Ukraine, are ethnic Russians. They voted to be with Russia. So that's, this, is, yeah. this is the part that people don't get, is that there's a lot of yeah. Russian folks that say, yeah, we want to be a part of Ukraine. we are play Russia. You know, so the map is changing. Mm-hmm. So the best thing for us to do, which is always the best thing, unless we're being attacked, is stay the hell out Leave of it. Leave them alone. This is not our fight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, well, I, well, I had a thing. I had to say, well, here's the theory for you, too, because, you know, what's what's going on in Ukraine, mm-hmm. that the uh, the Putin turned off a lot of the uh, the oil. I think he turned off the Nord Stream one you know, pipeline to Europe. And I think he did that so that Europe would pressure the United States to uh, to stop funding Ukraine. Uh, I, we should mm-hmm. do it anyway. Yeah. But that, that's what I think. Uh, see, see, here's something interesting, too. Putin knows how to use power. Trump knows how yeah. to use power. But, uh, you know, the Democrats, the, the Democrats only know how to use power against Americans. They have no clue how to use power on the international um,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: side because they don't care about that. All they care about is controlling us. So they don't care what happens in the rest of the world. But you look what's going on. Putin knows how to use power, like him or hate him. You know, yeah. I'm not saying he's a good guy. I'm just saying he knows how to use power. And Trump does, too. And that's why those two meeting, you've got two men of power who know how to use power with huge militaries at their disposal, which it's like the, the two biggest, you know, bullies on the block. Are they going to fight? No, they're going to talk because they're going to kill each other otherwise. And they know it. You know, bullies only pick on smaller mm-hmm. things, you know, and smaller people, they don't pick on each other because it just, it doesn't work. Yeah. Suicide, you know, but it'd be interesting to see. But with Brandon, nobody cares about Brandon, you know. But, it, you, know, it, it, you, but know.
0: you
4: know, Greg, a lot of these uh-huh. countries are working with Trump right now. Saudi okay. Arabia. Uh, China, Russia, uh, Italy, well, uh, uh, Greece. A lot of these countries where Trump went, right. there's a reason for. It. Oh yeah, there's a reason for. it. And I have a video that goes step by step with everything. It's pretty cool.
0: Uh, there's a the video. What's it's funny right yeah.
1: now. Yeah. Well, what about yeah, the um, what about the Abraham Accords? You know, this is probably one of the greatest accomplishments of, of the Trump administration in foreign policy is getting Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates and Morocco and I think Saudi Arabia. I'm not sure what the current status is, but they all had, they didn't have uh, peace treaties with Israel because that would, you know, their the Muslim population would go crazy, but they had economic treaties. And based on economics of yeah. trade, of airlines, of, of exchanges, uh, of cooperation in all kinds of areas, these countries were getting along fine until Brandon comes back and says, oh, we've got to take up people who aren't a people, the Palestinians. There is no Palestinian state. There is no Palestinian people, folks. It's all made up. Got made up after the British mm-hmm. you know, declared the area Palestine you know, after World War I. That's where all this nonsense started. Mm-hmm. And, then, and that, the land that the British declared Palestine was really Israel. So now that it's back Israel – uh, and Israel screwed up by giving away land for peace. All they got was less land uh, and uh, less peace. <laughs> you know? so, so when they talk about peace, you know, they'll take a piece of this and a piece of that. But, uh, but the question now is,
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, a, the,
1: land for peace. Okay, we'll take this piece. Yeah, thank you. No we will th- yeah. no take that piece. That's what I mean by land for peace. Um, but, the, but the question now is, can we resurrect the Abraham Accords you know, when Trump gets back? I would say yes. I would say this is just a, a bad aberration of uh you know the dark ages we have to live through with a tyrannical coup you know running the country as opposed to you know a an elected uh government because if we had an elected government we'd have trump and none of this stuff yeah. would be happening so it's like we're in an alternative universe right now we're in a bizarre place that we shouldn't be in we're in the wrong place we're not supposed to be here folks we're not supposed to be here you know this should have been trump's second term and then DeSantis could have run in 2024 after two terms of trump and we, we'd know would be great again. We'd be amazingly great again, I think.
4: Hey, Ron, talking about Ron DeSante, you know he canceled the the visit here to Pensacola. He was going to be at Fish House on uh, Saturday, and he canceled oh. because of the, uh, the hurricane. The hurricane? So we get a chance yeah. to see him because he's coming back, yeah. Okay. He's coming well, back. Well, I want to see him. I want to meet.
1: I don't want to just see him. I want to meet with him. I want to yeah, talk to I met, him.
4: I met him before. You know, yeah, a little, you No, but
1: I mean, really meet with him. These little meet and greets, these little selfies. Oh, you're great. You're like the selfie queen. <laughs> You'll like a selfie I with am. anybody.
0: <laughs> so fun. Yeah, if you look at our Facebook
1: pages. Yeah, Jesse's all over with, uh, which is good because I don't care. I mean, I don't, I don't do the pictures. So but might,
4: he's just, coming uh, back uh, to Pensacola okay. uh, to the mm-hmm. Seychelles. Yeah. So, For those anyways, that don't know the Fish but, uh, House,
1: it's a big restaurant here on the on, on the Gulf Very Coast. Expensive. And it's like the Fish House, Joe Patty's, and there's a couple of others. Massive restaurants. You know, if you want Louisiana yeah. Shrimp, you want uh, Tarpon and uh, Amberjack and uh, Red Snapper and all those wonderful things that, that we come into the Gulf, these are the restaurants we go to.
4: Very busy, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they should be so. supporting
1: us, too, after that plug, well, shouldn't they? I mean, they should be, you know, hey, Fish House, did you hear that?
4: Yeah, contact, yes, contact my secretary. I only go once in a while, like if it's a big group or something like okay. that, I always mm. forget about it. To be honest with you, but yeah. but it's crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I'm kind of done with my uh, report, but if you want to talk about anything else, I'm, I can say oh, till
1: about eight thirty. Well, <sighs> let me. Um, well, actually, we have some time here. I, I got some things I want to get into. Uh, what do you think of the fact that we're, our audience is expanding throughout the the English speaking world? You know, Australia, Canada, and England are just going crazy right now.
0: It's awesome. It's, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Like- well,
1: let me put it this way. We used to have uh, about 96% of our audience six months ago was, was American and 4% the rest of the world. So it was always dominating you know, by American. Now it's down to like 89 and dropping percent American. So we've lost like the U.S. has lost about 7% of the, of the, of the share, which means we're gaining a lot more listeners in other places. I don't think yeah. we're losing listeners here, but we're gaining so many more because they want freedom. Freedom works. It just does.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go to the global and, stuff. And if, go ahead.
4: And if, mm-hmm. and if George allows me, because I put it on my story, the mm-hmm. thank thank you, Uh, uh, uh you helped me write my uh, my ID fingerprints.
0: Yeah. I Good haven't bill.
4: heard if they're going to reject it or not, uh, but if it comes, you're going to be famous worldwide. Because oh, George, everybody's like, yeah. Yeah, okay. everybody's excited well,
0: about the
1: magazine coming you know, out. Fame is kind of a weird thing. I don't need to be known for worldwide, but the show and the bills need to be known for us to be effective. So Absolutely. it's not, you know. And and but I wanna I want to make that point in case anybody you know is wondering: Are we doing this for our own you know gratification, our own you know ego? No. <laughs> you know we need to be famous, we need to be known, we need to have multi-millions of listeners worldwide, because that's the only way we're going to have the effect that we need to have. Let me give you a quote right here, and then I'm going to take mm-hmm. a quick break. There's a quote that really sums things up. It sums up the title of the show today. The title of the show today, for those who haven't read the, the, the banner, The Globalists in Europe and here versus us. I prefer us. <laughs> so Marine Le Pen who should be uh, president of France, but I think that election was stolen, much like Trump's was stolen, said the divide is no longer between the right and left, but between the patriots and the globalists. I Man, I absolutely agree. Mm.
0: That,
1: that's where we are. So let me play a the, couple of things here. The, We're gonna, go ahead, wait, The yeah.
4: election, the election from Israel was stolen also. So is the one from Chile, so is the one from Colombia, so is mm-hmm. the one from Mexico. It's all well organized. This whole thing by our government. Our government is behind this whole thing. Well, is it our government or is it the civil. globalists?
1: Because it all well, seems to be the same pattern. George Soros, they demon, yeah.
4: are in it. Mm-hmm. Deep state. Yeah, but
1: they, ahead, they, they de- they, they, it's the same pattern. They demonize the, the opposition. They, they call you know whoever is, the, whether it's uh, Nigel and, uh, Farage in England, or Marine Le Pen in France, mm-hmm. whether it's Giorgio Maloney in Italy, whether it's Donald Trump here, whether it's anybody. Uh, around around the country in the free countries, they always say the same thing: they're racist, sexist, homophobe, You know, whatever it is, they 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 make all these ridiculous accusations. Then they have this this obligatory sex scandal. Oh, they slept with uh, you know an underage whatever. You know, and then they that and they do the same old things. And then they have some crime. You know, well they stole money or they accepted money or you know in the case of uh, Trump, well he's Russia owns him. Oh please give me a break. You know, yeah. and so it, it's, but it's the same pattern. And then they use voting machines, and then they have mail in ballots. And then they stuff the yep. ballots and then they have the counters, you know, block off all the observers. I mean, this happens in every country. It's exactly the same pattern. And yet our gelding Republicans want us to vote for them. And they've never done anything to correct the election. Why should we vote for them? Give me a good reason.
4: Well, well, I'm not voting. <laughs> this well, year. I don't think unless when I see getting closer that it is going to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Me, yeah. I don't think I don't think we're going to be voting this this November at all.
0: Okay, so we're that's gonna be in our Yeah, see, uh, if it,
1: if it's able to be voting, I'm going to vote. But the problem I have is that the geldings, mm-hmm. the, that's the GOP folks, the, the gelding old party, that the gelding old party mm-hmm. is in the perfect position to be losers because they're going to take Congress. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure, uh, assuming the election goes forward, they're going to get the House, they're going to get the Senate, and and they're going to mm-hmm. be really happy because Brandon's still going to be in the White House. So you think I rid of Brandon. If Trump comes back in for the remaining two years, less one day of his term, and the Republicans you mean, have air? control of he
0: is coming. You keep saying Okay, air. well, let me listen. Let,
1: let me let me let me keep, let me keep it in, in, in. That's fine. Uh, I'm gonna love it to happen. Let me just keep it in my terms until I see uh, a little more evidence. But let's that's let's fine. say if Trump comes back, you know, January 21st, 2023. He will serve less than two years, and according to the 22nd Amendment, that means he can run again in 2024. That's pretty obvious. Yeah, now, I'm not giving anyone yeah, any secrets, plan. folks. Trust me, the Democrats already that's read the, the Constitution. Plan. Okay, so oh, that oh, okay, exactly. that's good. So then I came up with it by accident. Yes. That's kind of that's interesting. All right, so no, and, I've been telling
4: and, you for a long time that he's coming back.
1: Well, I know, yeah. but you never said when.
4: Mm-hmm. Towards the end of this year, he's going to announce that he's coming back.
1: Okay, yeah, but he has to. The, but, he's been way, but how is how is he going to do it then? How is he going to do it?
4: I don't know the plans that they have, but they are. They are. I, they okay, so this is this how. is where
1: this is where I get skeptical. What okay, he's been told if, because,
4: that he'll be back. Okay. Yeah, he'll be back yeah. See, but two you years, have two years, it run for 2024.
1: But you've got to do it legally, though. Mm-hmm. How are you going to do it legally? The way you do it legally is you cancel the Brandon electors, you disqualify them because they're a bunch of frauds, you then certify the Trump electors, and this is all legal, it's all constitutional. In fact, that's what January 6th was all about. See You know the, the, left, is, the left only has one fear, and that's the Trump electors, because they know the Trump electors are still out there. They're trying to get them arrested, they're trying to get them discredited, decertified, they're exactly. trying to do everything they can. And why would they do that? Well, because they know the Trump electors can do. kick Brandon out of office at any time, but they also know that the geldings are so scared of their own shadow, they're not going to do it. This is why. This is why I have no use yeah. for Republicans. See, uh, and, opposed, and see, so, Greg. He, he, go ahead.
4: The Democrats know that he's coming back. They already know that,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and that's why they want to arrest him. That's
1: oh why yeah, we know that too. They well, they don't want even him. want him running. Well, here's here's a, here's a here's one of my Facebook uh, quotes. I said America would be great again if the GOP and the Democrats switched ideologies because the Democrats know how to fight and they are dedicated. So if we could just switch the ideologies. If Democrats fought with Republican principles, we'd have a great country. But unfortunately, yeah, they don't fight. No, yeah. the Democrats are fighting for Marxism and they're winning because the Geldings have given up and and uh, so, you know, uh, us patriots, conservatives, independents are losing. It's really sad yeah all right you know, play a couple things yeah go ahead then i'll it's take all, it. all it's coming a break here.
4: so just be patient my stomach is kind of like nervous because we only have a few months left mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be crazy going to be a big big going to be a shock of the world coming up yeah <laughs> well you
1: know i have beautiful. i i have i have a few good qualities but one of them is not patience that's <laughs> not even I in know. my vocabulary yeah i want to you know now because i, I see every day Every day, we'll see that we can't have Trump come back. Now, for those, like I say, I think I'm giving away secrets that the Democrats are going to suddenly discover the 22nd Not Amendment. No, trust me. They already know. They already know. And what they're going to try and do is say, they well, Trump's going to come back. He has to come back January 20th. That way he can't run in 2024. And so well, my answer to that yes. is, you know, you stole the election. You're a bunch of traitors. You don't get to make that decision. We put Trump back in when he's going to at a point where he can run again in 24 because you stole his term. So if you'd been nice people, you would have been what out.
4: They're going to present mm-hmm. all the evidence, and that's what they're trying to steal, the evidence that Donald Trump has, which is uh, laptops from Nancy Pelosi from January the 6th. Donald Trump mm-hmm. has them. And yeah, uh, the flash drive. He's driving, probably got a keycard scattered of around the, the world
1: he's look yeah. if he's if he's no, any he's, decent person with evidence he's got it scattered in fifty different places around the world under oh, several yeah. lock boxes security deposit boxes Definitely. obscure banks and and uh or, or or friends around the world i mean if he's any kind of any kind of person with any kind of uh, knowledge which he is he's got all the evidence scattered so far no january sixth you know pack as we we call it i
0: was,
4: yeah. watching, I, was wa- I was watching a video like when a president leaves they take all their personal paperwork while during they they presidency and all that and uh i think uh bill clinton has his storage in some old in the trunk of a car an old car
0: and then no he he's got 30 million
1: documents that he won't uh-huh. put into his library. Oh, no, so Clinton. No, I think, I'm think I thinking of Obama. Obama hasn't had his presidential library built because he doesn't, want, it, he doesn't yep. want people to know what he did.
0: <laughs> what well, he did. His and and Brandon, then
4: another president. Yeah. Greg, Brandon's not going to have a library. High... He's going
1: to have a room. Yeah.
4: No, he's going to be in jail. Another, yeah, another president, he can mm-hmm. bring him together to get with him and read him over and over. Uh Another president, I think it was George W. Bush, the old man, I think he had shift in a um in a skating ring, like right behind where they put all the shoes, you know, to rent the shoes, the rental. There was a special area right there and all his papers were hiding right there. <laughs> man, I don't know anything
1: about that. I have never know? heard that. I would think that it would have been Kennebunkport, kind of yeah. Maine. You know, in a boat. One of the cigarette boats, but
0: that's not stuff. Yeah,
4: they've been hiding yeah. in different areas. Their paper wow. is crazy. I was like, what? Yeah. Those important okay. papers, you're going to keep something. All right. Well, I'll be, uh, I'll be listening.
1: Okay. Well, let me take a break then. And uh, okay. yes, feel free to listen away. I'm going to get into some of uh, the, the operations across the pond I'm gonna that mute we haven't
4: myself. heard about. So if I have any questions, I'll come up.
1: Yeah, just jump back in. pianki has been mute for a while, too. I'm, I'm kind of surprised, but we've sort of been hashing stuff out, but that's okay. You're All
4: awake,
1: right.
0: He's
4: there.
1: He's I so said, there. are you awake, Bianchi? <laughs> yeah, Bianchi, you awake? Unmute. You there? Yeah, I'm awake. Okay. <laughs> Woke <Wolf> and <wake>. <laughs> <laughs> that Sounds good. All right, uh, now, okay, go back and mute I'm going to
4: mute myself. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to play some stuff. I'll be back, back here in a, in a little bit here. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements and we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener, and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L, to the discount code window at checkout From Addiction to Achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with MyPillow and now goes to My Coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of MyPillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws. My Pillow Pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. action radio live do you know your way around health care insurance pharmacies surgery alternative treatments and choices I don't which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans had her on action radio and learned about health patient advocacy she is the founder of great care at gracecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Grace Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. No freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed Action Radio? Wow, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I want to be a part of that.
0: <laughs>
1: anyway, uh, because of the nature of, of today's international show, uh, I hit upon the idea last night to start the Action Radio International News Group, and so I'm going to create that group after the show today. And so, anybody that has international stories, if you're international, uh, if you're an international listener, you know, you can post stories, join the group. It's going to be a public group, uh, and, and depending on how it goes, uh, <laughs> how soon I have to put uh, um, post approval, you know, depending on stories. And so if we can keep it open you know, with good stuff, but it never lasts. There's always someone that you know kind of messes it up, and I have to put the post approval on and have to make everybody join, all that kind of stuff. That's just the, the nature of Facebook because there are trolls out there, and uh, that's just the way it goes. So I think almost every group I have now, uh, unfortunately, I have to have uh, post approval, and I have to really, really sit on top of uh, – of things so that it doesn't get to out of control, off mission, off base, and you know, especially our specialty groups, people are crossing over and posting things from. And they're posting in the wrong. Group. <laughs> you know, I I constantly have to go. No, that's the wrong group. Post in this group. Oh, okay, fine, thanks, right. You know, so that happens. Anyway, we've got a whether we like it or not, we're we're kind of in a war with the globalists. It's basically us and them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we the patriots mm-hmm. versus them the globalists. And uh, I think I hear something. So someone, Jesse, you might have unmuted yourself. <laughs> I think I hear you in the background. Yes. Oh, there you go. Okay, uh, yeah,
4: yeah, I So I like that Joe Biden thing that you play. Man, that was, I was laughing.
1: It was good. <laughs> well, I've, I played that. I've, I've <laughs> done it a few times. I actually made that
4: I before. haven't heard
1: it Well, let me, let me see. I'll play it for you again. Yeah. So I made this before the no, election you don't have in 2020. To, but I'm saying it's good. Okay. We well, can catch the podcast then. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yes. I and mean, remember, like I say, it's time to get off your butt and save your country. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Throw that in there at the end. But yeah, but it, it's everything that I was afraid of uh, that would happen if Biden stole the election. So I think I made this maybe September, October, somewhere in there of 2020. And, and I said, look, this is what's going to happen, folks. You know, it's like I, you know, I had this prediction. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll play you my Christmas, you know, greetings <laughs> that I bring out every year. I made that like three years ago, too. I uh,
4: said it was some... a new one, correct?
1: Which one? The no. Biden one? No? I heard
4: that one before, but okay. I guess I didn't pay attention because I thought you said something about space four. you don't have control of space four. is that what you said in this one?
1: Uh, Space Force? No. Uh, well, let's, let, let, let me play it again real quick. It's only 45 seconds. Let me see.
4: Uh, it's yeah, so the old one. I heard it before, but maybe I didn't
1: pay attention. Oh, Biden's Dark Winter. Yeah, this, is what, this one's called. Uh, it's 43 seconds. Okay. Let, let me play it again because it, it's so good. I mean, I'm proud of this. I like this one. It this is, is my election prediction. This is made. Bu- now, remember, this was made before the, before the election was stolen by a good couple of months. Um, so this is what I made. Joe Biden's Dark Winter. No freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. Yeah. Good. And all that came to pass. Yeah, this I huh?
4: heard it before. Yeah. I don't know for okay. some reason I thought I heard a little something. It must be a new one. But anyway, no, I I nope. I heard this one many times.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that is the job. space force is definitely in there, you know, because I don't think we have a space force. Well, what's interesting though is that the uh, uh, the NASA folks are all excited that they rammed an asteroid with one of our satellites, <laughs> you know, and they're so happy we hit an asteroid. Oh boy! I'm like, okay, well, that's pretty cool, actually. But you Donald know, Trump, fast. Mm-hmm.
4: Donald Trump is in con- full control of space force, and he's tracking he's tracking every move that Antifa is doing and Black Lives Matter and the illegals. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Using the, using space force?
4: Yes. Definitely
1: yes. Oh well, why doesn't he yeah. use the lasers and and zap the Mexican cartels and just kill them all <laughs> and end this problem? I'm serious.
0: No, well, we what, what's
1: the point of having a space people. force if we don't use it?
4: No, he's gonna he's gonna do something. Trust me. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> well, that's what I do
1: with it. Uh, it's just, well, I mean, it's no. not accurate. We got we got drones too. We could just, we could go to all the Mexican cartel you know hangouts and just kill them all, and say look, or, 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 give me warning. Say so, look, you guys, you got to leave the Mexican border. Any any cartel members left on the border after this hour, you know, you'll be dead. <laughs> and they'll be like, ha, 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 yeah, 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 right, okay, fine, yeah, okay, well, well we warned you. Crazy. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's, it makes sense. I mean, this is listen, if we can kill ISIS, why can't we kill the cartels? They're on our border. They're killing our people with fentanyl. They're bringing in hundreds of thousands of people an hour or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. way, it's a lot of people. I oh, just made that up. But the point is they are, they are a, a, a foreign invading army. That's causing an invasion just as much as as the people in washington our our domestic uh, terrorist group you know, the Democrat Party has become a domestic terrorist group you know, the, but, our,
4: but you hard... know, uhhuh you know Greg our government has created the war w a r the times that we had World War one World War two creating uh-huh. all this chaos uh and, and a lot of a lot of debt. Soldiers when they come back in the coffins, mm-hmm. those coffins are full of opium, hashish, and mm-hmm. all type of uh, different drugs from the Middle East or from Ukraine or from any country. They fill the boxes full. From Iran. Yeah,
0: from
1: you Turkey know. too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It,
1: it's the opium, yeah. Yeah, the poppies. You know, I mean, there's a reason mm-hmm. that World War One, the, the flower, the symbol of World War One was the poppy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's from all the opium that uh, in I, the other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
4: this government. This government for years they've been uh, bringing themselves the drugs
0: mm-hmm. to
4: get the American people addicted to it, so they of don't course. know their mind is in another world. And now, now they're they're doing the, the the phones. So all the children are addicted. Some of the children are killing their parents because of the phones. And and if you notice, you know, Greg, I was up till three in the morning last night, and mm-hmm. I was reading some of your things on your on your page. And uh, I guess in 2021, you posted uh, the Pope was saying that people love dogs more than children, and blah blah blah. It was a whole article that you put. And you know what? He's he's absolutely correct. You know, I don't agree with the Pope with a lot of stuff because he's a mm-hmm. criminal. But uh, but uh, uh, he's right. They've been they've been uh, depopulating our countries and replacing them with dogs because my niece in Miami she says, oh no. I got my baby right here. I said, what baby? He said, my little doggy. I'm not having no kids. So that's, the well, that's yeah. I think young
1: I think you got a you got a couple of different issues going here. People that call their dogs kids have never had kids. <laughs> that's first of all. But uh, secondly, that uh, no, the, the the replacement, the real, they, they talk about the, the great replacement. In other words, the, the left says, well, that white people are afraid that uh, you know other colors of people are going to be here and take over. No, that's not the great replacement. The great replacement is aborting American babies and bringing in illegal aliens yeah. to have you know, illegal yeah. alien babies and call them citizens. That's the great replacement. You know, the great replacement is. is freedom. Is freedom with Marxism? The great replacement is a constitutional government with a coup. You know, the great replacement is uh, you know is people that are duly elected with uh, with elections that are stolen. That's the replacement. That's the real replacement. Yeah. Let me talk about what's going on in Europe because I think I think it's fascinating. Uh, and I, I made a post that, uh, and I, although I think it's slightly inaccurate now because I have a different view of the the British uh, Prime Minister, but I posted mm-hmm. this yesterday too. Uh, oh, yeah, conservative British prime minister, likely so for Italy, Trump in 2024, the 80s are back, you know, so it, it, it seems to me that we're entering a time similar to what happened in the 80s when you had Margaret Thatcher in England, you had uh, mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan here, and you had Pope John Paul II, you know, the, the good Pope. Mm. Uh, I think he's been made a saint now, uh, or he's on his way to becoming a saint. I, I don't actually think none
4: of them have been good. Well, that's fine, money But from the rat again. You, But
1: yeah. when it comes to freedom, um, you know, you you can't beat John Paul. And also, I put Lech Walesa of Poland, who started Solidarity, uh, the, the, the 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 you know the workers union that eventually led to a free Poland and kicked the communists out. So there's some pretty amazing people. Uh, Vaclav Havel of Czechoslovakia, who was a poet. He went on to become either prime minister mm-hmm. or president of Czechoslovakia, which is now the Czech Republic mm-hmm. and Slovakia. So they split. So there have been some amazing people. But this is all the 80s. This is, all, this is mm-hmm. all what happened in the 80s. And it seems to be happening again. So you look at world events. You, you know me. I look for patterns. I always I, I see what's going on where and try and relate all these things together. Why are we having audiences grow in Canada, Australia, and Great Britain? Well, because those places are now going fascist. You know, you've got a tyrannical. Mm-hmm. And COVID. COVID's is the reason. COVID is the excuse for, for taking your rights away. See, so COVID's not a problem. 99.95% of the people are fine no. with
0: it. No. doesn't get kill it. COVID's not the problem.
1: Yeah. Well, the problem no. is government policy, you know, using COVID the as hospital. the excuse. That's the problem. And the hospitals kill people because they make $130,000 per death. That's the problem.
4: One of my doctor friends uh, dances with me uh-huh. at Sacred Heart, and she she wasn't too happy because we started talking about the vaccine with another Oriental girl. Uh from Taiwan, I guess, uh, whatever, mm-hmm. from Taiwan, actually. Yeah, and, they don't, they don't, um, I don't think
1: uh, Taiwan has a mandatory and, vaccine. And or she
4: asked her, yeah. my friend asked her, she said, so you still believe in the vaccine? She said, I fully believe in the vaccine. And I'm going, yeah, the vaccines are killing everybody, I said. So she was not so but happy about isn't,
0: that.
1: But, isn't it interesting to believe in it? And they always put it in religious terms. Do you believe in climate change? Do you believe, you know, do you believe the government's your God? Well, No. <laughs> Anyway, let me, I, I found something interesting. This is from uh, from a, a reporter, Kyle Becker, B E C K E R. He has a newsletter called the Wildfire Newsletter. to
4: and listen because I okay. have to get ready. My my girlfriend had a stroke, and uh, oh. I'm going to go to the hospital and
3: see her. So, oh no, yeah, Did she have a COVID but she's shot? not
4: vaccinated. She, she's okay. not vaccinated though.
3: Well,
1: there's probably a lot. But of uh, I'm
4: going to be okay. listening, and uh, I'll jump on in a minute.
1: Okay. Okay. Sounds
4: good. I'm going to mute.
1: Okay. All right. So so I'll carry on. Piyaki still here. Um, He's mute, too, uh, but uh, muted. I shouldn't say mute. <laughs> Sorry, Bianchi. Um, but what's interesting, again, there's some people emerging in Europe. And again, the people I mentioned earlier, uh, Nigel Farage uh, in England. He's the one that uh, spent, I think, 14 years trying to get Brexit, which was the, uh, the exit of Britain from the European Union, uh, which is a tyrannical globalist government organization that controls other sovereign peoples and sovereign governments with all kinds of rules, regulations, taxes, and other stuff. And they do that at Brussels. It's interesting that the NATO headquarters and the European Union headquarters are, you know, really close to each other in Brussels. I don't think that's an accident. I mean, I would get it out of NATO too. So the people that have emerged, uh, Nigel naja Farage in England, uh, Marine Le Pen in France, and uh, this new woman uh, who I'm just starting to get to know, uh, Georgia Maloney. Uh, in Italy, is now the prime minister. And what's what's uh, very predictable, scary, and yet too many people believe it, is they say, and even Fox News, one of their people said this, which really shocked me, but it shouldn't, uh, said that uh, this is the most right-wing government since, uh, since World War II in Italy. Well, Italy didn't have a right-wing government in World War II, folks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Italy had a fascist government in World War II headed by Benito Mussolini. In fact, a couple of years ago, I went over the entire fascist, uh, doctrine of Mussolini. I spent two days on it. Okay. So you can go by, look at Mussolini. Go. So go to the, if you look at the top of your broadcast page, or if you're listening, you know, a podcast is there too. Go to the top of the podcast page and you'll see a search window, put in there, you know, Mussolini comma action radio, and you'll get our, our two shows. We, ex- we described exactly what Italian fascism was and it's absolute government corporate control of everything. So the government controls the corporations, uh, and the corporations, both the government and the corporations, control the people. Kind of like what we have here. You know, the corporations that had all the mandates uh, on these bogus COVID shots, that was fascism. That's a government-corporate merger. Anytime you have that, you have fascism. That is the exact opposite of the right wing. You know, I don't even like saying right wing, but conservatives, independents, patriots, people that believe in God and country, nationalists. And I say nationalist, you know, with the the true meaning of nationalism, not the meaning that the left wants to give to it, because the left wants to strip you of your identity, wants to redefine everything you believe, wants to take away everything you believe, so the only thing left is to believe in them. Well, it's not going to work. We're not going to do it. We're not going to submit. We're going to keep resisting. So, you know, basically F you, okay? We're going to do what we do here, and we're going to do what people are doing around the world. And part of that is that you have to gravitate around somebody that's actually standing up and and willing to take the the slings and arrows, as they say, that uh, of all the persecution of the leftists. So you got to be – Trump's willing to do that. I'm willing to do that. Everybody on this show is willing to do that because we we do it every day. We stand up and say, here's what we think. We're standing up and being counted. And if the FBI KGB wants to call in and talk to me, just do it. 215-383-3832 is my daily invitation. You know, if you're going to drop over, warn me so I can make coffee. You know, we can talk, okay? Let's be civilized about this. Back to the article. So the Wildfire Newsletter with Kyle Becker talks about Georgia Maloney. And she's fascinating. I just learned about her this week. Uh, It says, one, listen to Italy's new prime minister, and you'll know why the global establishment fears her so much. So that's a good thing. I want the global establishment to fear. I want those people quaking in their boots. I want there to be so many freedom-seeking people around the world that these people get nowhere that the Davos group, that, uh, you know, what's his name, Klaus Schwab, you know, is just, has no effect whatsoever, that we laugh at these people, that they say, yes, we're going to unite the world under us, yeah, And just shall have no property, and you'll be happy, and you'll live in a global community, and you'll have a government job, you'll have government transportation, you'll have government entertainment, government food, and you'll be happy. No, we won't. (laughs) So the article says, here's the quote from uh, Georgia Maloney. She says, we will defend it. We will defend God, country, and family. And that's the things they're all, notice that's what they want to take away from you. The globalists, they want to take away God, they want to take away your country, saying that nationalism is bad. Nationalism is a good thing. Look at the great nationalists. You know, our founding fathers were nationalists. You know, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who fought World War II, you know, was a nationalist. You know, John Kennedy, who got us to the moon, was a nationalist. The reason I'm saying this is because they're Democrats. Okay. Democrats used to be nationalists. Harry Truman was a nationalist. Okay. Scoop Jackson, you know, more recently, you know, who had a, who was a Democrat, was big into supporting uh, our military, was a nationalist. Okay, Trump is a nationalist. He's in good company. All the way back to Thomas Jefferson, George Mason, you know, uh, uh, James Madison and uh, Thomas Jefferson. They're all nationalists. That's a good thing. God, God is where our rights come from. That's a good thing. Family, although my experience wasn't that great, but family as a building block for society is a good thing. And this is what these people are talking about. So the Marxists, in order to get you to worship them, to believe in them, to give up everything you know, they have to strip you of your identity. They strip you of God, they strip you of country, and they strip you of family. They have to as a prerequisite for you to believe in them. Well, we don't believe in them. Anybody with a brain does not believe in Marxists or this, this collective. The collective is not a good thing. Every accomplishment that's ever of any kind of value starts with an individual. Take it. Any invention, any idea, any progress, any political theory, anything of value that has advanced humanity forward. It's always started with an individual. That's why individual rights are so paramount. Everything happens with an individual. You know, Action Radio started with an individual, <laughs> me. <laughs> but am I great for myself? No. <laughs> what makes Action Radio great is everybody else is here. Okay. So an individual starts it, but an individual never finishes it. Okay. This is how these things work. Okay. So as we start a peaceful revolution here. You know, More and more people around the world are going, yeah, I want freedom. I want to write the laws that I'm governed by. Why not? That's a revolutionary concept. Okay, I started it because it's my idea. But, that, but it goes from there to everybody else around the world that says, you know, I like that idea. Let's do that here. And we had, we had a, a bill writing thing last uh, week where um, Linda Milkes, and hopefully we'll have her back, you know, private citizen, regular person, wrote a bill. Banning drug advertising. Dr. Judy Mikovits, world-renowned biochemist, microbiologist. You know, I got these two together and they wrote a bill. Banning drug advertising. Well, where else can that happen? That never happens. This is brand new. This is cutting edge. This is pioneering stuff. But this is what we do here. And we do this to counter the globalists. They want to take away our humanity, take away God, take away our country, take away our family, take away our rights, take away everything we believe in. So the only thing left to believe in is them. And I'm telling you now, it's not going to work. It's simply not going to work. We, aren't, we are not going to let you do what you want to do. I'm sorry. That's just the way the world is. Get over it. So back to Kyle Becker. He says, Georgia Maloney stunned the global political establishment when her populist nationalist Fratelli d'Italia, that's the brothers of Italy, Fratelli d'Italia, I have to work on my Italian, okay, swept into power on Sunday. So she's there. She's already in, okay? So what do they say about her? Oh, they said she's a fascist. She's like Mussolini. No, she's the exact opposite of Mussolini. She's a patriot and and an individual and a freedom-seeking individual. Mussolini was just the opposite. So you've got to get over this big lie that there's such a thing as a right-wing dictatorship because there isn't. All dictatorships are by definition left-wing because all dictatorships require require absolute government power to do what they want to do. This is why all white supremacists are leftists because white supremacists require absolute government power to do what they want to do to all the people that they don't like who aren't white. That's how you can tell a white supremacist. They're leftists because a white supremacist who's just an anarchist. is just going to run around screaming and yelling and nobody's going to care. Okay, fine. I mean, they are those people too, but they're not going to have any effects. The only people that have effect as white supremacists are leftists because they organize tyrannical government power. The best example were the Nazis, the Aryans that killed millions of people. Not just six million Jews, but they killed millions of people who they thought that they were superior to because they had a dictatorship behind them, a left-wing dictatorship. Hitler and the Nazis were leftists. Mussolini and the fascists are leftists. Stalin and the communists are leftists. They're all leftists. Once you understand that, everything else makes sense. See, I'm kind of on a roll here. <laughs> free to, i free. I got to take a breath soon, but this is this is this is just coming out. This is not planned. This is just this is just me.
0: All right. What's that? You left me at the
3: you left me two two left and a right back behind me. <laughs> what are you listening to besides
1: me? There's something in the background there.
3: Oh it was a, that's a, my computer talks to me from time to time. It's confused. <laughs> yes. It's trying to keep up with you too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like uh, Marilyn Monroe's voice there?
3: <laughs> Bianchi. It's time to switch screens.
1: <laughs> just get Marilyn Monroe's and talk out of your computer. That'd be funny. All right. <laughs> feel free to jump in, but uh, I just I, – I this stuff makes me so mad. I, I don't know what else to do. The article says, as the World Congress of Families in March 2019 uh, – at the World Conference, excuse me, of Families in March 2019, Maloney unleashed a sweeping indictment of the globalist war on national, religious, and family identity. Her electrifying speech has captured the imagination of international observers craving ideologically based pushback to a culturally hegemonic regime that aims to strip human beings of their personal identities and render them no more than numbers for the global ruling class to manipulate. I think that's what I said. (laughs) I'm just reading this now, right? But I think that's pretty much what I said. Yeah, let me go over that again. That's really good. Her electrifying speech, that's Giorgia Maloney, uh, Prime, Pres- Prime Minister of Italy, uh, speech captured the imagination of international observers craving – I guess that would be me as an international observer – craving ideologically-based pushback to a culturally hegemonic regime that aims to strip human beings of their personal identities and render them no more than numbers for the global ruling class to manipulate. I'm the number. Hey, Pianchi, do you remember the, the show with uh, Patrick McCougan, The Prisoner? Uh, where they had this white bubble that used to entrap people and suffocate them, and then they end up in this uh, this strange, unusual place. It's a British political thriller. And Patrick McCougan was the prisoner. He had a number. You know, they all had numbers. In fact, there was no identity. Nobody knew who they were, where they were. There was no record of them being captured or arrested. And they were there for as long as they were there. And it was a series called The Prisoner. Pa- uh, Pianki, you remember they
3: that? They only had nine. No, I don't remember that one. They only had numbers, huh? Yeah, they only had numbers, yeah.
1: And, in fact, look at The Prisoner. Go to YouTube and look up the, listen to the original theme. And he says, you know, he says I'm a man. I am not. I am a free man. I am not a number. So all this stuff's been foretold. You look at uh, uh, The Twilight Zone, the early, uh, the Star Trek episodes, You know, the, uh, the Prisoner, uh, Doctor Who, all these different series back from the 60s, 70s days. They're all concerned with freedom because they all, they all saw what was coming. You know, a lot of us, but uh, we just didn't know when. Anyway, let me get back to this thing here. It says, one listen to the future Italian prime minister, and you will quickly come to understand why the global elites fear her so much. Now, I've got the video here, but I've got this post on my Facebook page. It's also on the Action Radio group page. So if you want to go, and it will be in. And this is why I'm starting the uh, Action Radio International News Group. And the reason I'm doing that is because of this show today. And so that's how things work around here. So Greg Price, I'm not sure who he is. He says, this is Italy's new prime minister, Giorgio Meloni and uh, there's a video there you just have to play it but i have the text of it here Um, she says please answer me these questions Uh, this is about what we are doing here today she says why is the family an enemy why is the family so frightening there is a single answer to all these questions because it defines us because it is our identity because everything that defines us is now an enemy for those who would like us to no longer have an identity and to simply be perfect consumer slaves and so they attack national identity. They attack religious identity. They attack gender identity. They attack family identity. I can't define myself as Italian Christian woman mother. No. I must be citizen X, gender X, parent one, parent two. I must be a number because when I am only a number... When I no longer have an identity or roots, then I will be the perfect slave at the mercy of financial speculators, the perfect consumer. That's the reason why. That's the reason why we inspire so much fear. That's why this event inspires so much fear, because we do not want to be numbers. We will defend the value of of the human being, every single human being, because each of us has a unique genetic code that is unrepeatable. And like it or not, that is sacred. We will defend it. We will defend God, country, and family. That's what she said in this video. It's amazing. So just to substitute my voice for this, uh, you know, Kathleen Turner kind of husky-voiced Italian, (laughs) you'll you'll, you'll hear her voice in your head. Yeah, she goes on a little bit further. I'll get this more to the the, the speech. She says, these things that disgust people so much, uh, we will do it to defend our freedom because we will never be slaves and simple consumers at the mercy of financial speculators. Oh, this is repeating what she said before. Then she says, Chesterton wrote more than a century ago, fires will be kindled to testify that two and two makes four swords will be drawn to prove that leaves are green in the summer. She says that time has arrived. We are ready. Thank you. So, Let's go over that chest, uh, G.K. Chesterton, British philosopher. You know, you've heard that the 2 plus 2 is 4, which Orwell adopted in 1984 when he said 2 plus 2 is 5. If you can make people believe that 2 plus 2 is 5, you can make them believe anything because people intrinsically know that 2 plus 2 is 4, but they can be uh, coerced into saying 2 plus 2 is 5, and then eventually, if they say it often enough, they believe that 2 plus 2 is 5, even though they used to know instinctively that 2 plus 2 is 4. That's the essence of propaganda and control. When you say 2 plus 2 is 5 and you believe it, The government has you. That's what the the matrix is all about. The blue pill versus the red pill. Every movie, every book, everything that ever ever described the difference between a totalitarian society and a free society talks about things like that and how the government gains control. Look at Hunger Games. Look at Divergent. Look at, uh, you know, let's talk about more recent things that have come out of Hollywood in the last not too long. But um, time has arrived. So it says fires will be kindled to testify that two and two makes four. So, yeah. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that it's, it's a revolution to say the truth. You have to have a revolution to say what's true. Swords will be drawn to prove that leaves are green in the summer. So in other words, obvious things that we all know, 2 plus 2 is 4, leaves are green in the summer. We have to defend our most basic beliefs against these globalists that are telling us 2 plus 2 is 5, and leaves are brown in the summer. You know, they're telling us that climate change exists. It doesn't. Well, climate change does exist, but not the way they're saying. You know, that CO2 is bad for us when we all know it's plant food. You know, that uh, that Brandon is really the president. We all know he stole the election. So all these things they try and force on us. And, and unfortunately, there's enough multitudes throughout of fear. And the uh, this mass psychosis event that we're going through are actually believing and repeating this stuff. Look at all the Karens that yelled at people in, in New York and New Jersey and up, uh, they saw those videos. You know, you have to wear a mask. They were screaming at people. Get out of the store. You're not wearing a mask. You're going to kill us all. That's irrational behavior. But they all had bought, uh, bought into it. They, they drank the Kool-Aid, took the blue pill, believed everything they were told, and became servants of the government. They became slaves to the government. They gave up their humanity, their personality, their identity, their mind, their logic, and their reason, and they became followers. They became Karens. Just imagine the, you know, a huge, massive field of lemmings running off a cliff, all with Karen branded across the side. That's who these people are. That the mob, the mob is scary, you know, and the mob gets controlled by the propagandists because they're organized. And so what we're saying very clearly is that the globalists, no, you don't have a place here. ain't going to happen. We have no use for you at all. Whew. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Pianki, I need a drink of water. I'm going to take a break for a second. I'll let Pianki. Uh, then I have another article on, uh, on uh, Giorgia Meloni, who's kind of like my feature person for the show today. Oh, Bianca's not here. I will continue on. Anybody else want to join us, feel free. Uh, hey, let, Greg. Let me the, Yeah, Josie, how am I doing? I'm,
4: I'm here. Yes, very good. I was trying to finish my hair here. Um, oh, okay. yeah. i will finish your hair. Uh, I, like that. I like that woman. You were reading about her. She, she's good. She's good. She's going to win. She's blonde now, too, I by way.
0: <laughs> the way. She's changed her look is. a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of funny. I don't think of Italian yeah. blondes. It's kind of interesting to see an Italian blonde. It sort of defies the stereotype.
4: Well. Yeah, women color their hair. So a lot oh, yeah, of Latinos, she... when they come here they want to be blonde, you know. Not me. I wanna be a Latina. Exactly. You know?
1: so. What's wrong with brown hair and brown eyes? It looks gorgeous. Oh. You look fabulous by the way. I know.
4: I I like <laughs> I like brown hair. Yeah and, I do too. Uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of Spanish people they get to America and they wanna be blonde. So it's just nah. No thank you. you know, it's really funny when
1: I uh I took a cruise with my kid. I took her down to Mexico. We swam with dolphins. We, uh, you know, we did the, the, this is back when we were in California, we did the the Mexican Riviera. Puerto Vallarta, Uh, uh, Cabo San Lucas, and Mazatlán.
4: Puerto Vallarta.
1: uh, Puerto Vallarta. I'll work on my accent. Anyway, um, I remember we were on this island, and we got this, uh, uh, we took this little boat over to this island. And the guy with the conch shell, you know, blasted the horn and uh, we went to dinner. And then they had the Mexican Dance Company did an Aztec ritual dance on the side of this mountain in this outdoor amphitheater carved out of the rocks. It's like red rocks, you know, and with the lights and the smoke and the whole bit. But what's fascinating was that everybody there was, was Mexican national dance, both men and women, and they're all brown hair and brown eyed. <laughs> was like, this looks really cool. <laughs> You know, but uh, it, it sort of brings it home to you That that's, that's who the Latinos Latinos are For the most part I mean obviously the exceptions But there's nothing wrong with that And they didn't care You know This is who they were It's like if you go to Sweden You're going to see a lot of blonde people With blue eyes That's who the Swedes are Except for the Muslims who've moved in You know So nations have characteristics They develop different characteristics Be proud of it You know If you're, if you're brown hair Brown hair looks great I love brown hair You know it Looks great on people Who should have brown hair <laughs> Or start with brown hair I digress Let's get back to. Uh, yeah. <coughs> excuse me. I Yeah, agree. yeah, yeah. But but you notice this label. Have you heard anybody or seen it on the news that uh, they're describing uh, Georgia Maloney as a
4: fascist?
1: You know, she's just like Mussolini. She's going to bring about those fascist policies, which I think yeah, I have defended it's the successfully. Same thing about Trump. Yeah,
4: he's yeah, criminal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it interesting? I the the, the fascist. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't pay attention to
4: the radical left. Yeah, they're just upset because she's doing good.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that the fascists mm-hmm. always call other people fascists like it's like it's an insult, even though that's who they are. <laughs> you know how to tell a fascist? They're calling somebody else a fascist. <laughs>
0: what you should do. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So so we go, nye, 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 it takes one and one. Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Federalist. Federalist. David Harsanyi. H-A-R-S-A-N-Y-I. September 26th, so that would have been yesterday, is Italy's next Prime Minister, Giorgio Maloney, a fascist? Hmm, hardly. He says, Giorgio Maloney, as you have doubtlessly heard, is a far-right, is the far-right next Prime Minister of Italy. So says virtually every news outlet in the United States, which is their problem, not ours. They don't have much, of a, much news, though. I wouldn't call them news outlets. I call them propaganda uh, arms. But anyway, he says, and anyone familiar with the left's perfunctory use of, quote, ultra-conservative far-right, hard-right, or semi-fascist to describe those who take positions to the right of the Democrat Party's latest platform should be skeptical. Then again, trying to decipher European elections through the prism of American politics is a frustrating endeavor. But here is a catalog, best as I can pull together, of the claims used to, to portray Meloni as fascist. Maloney bemoans the chronically low birth rate in Italy and wants to implement pro-Natalist policies. In other words, having more kids, right? That's what Hungary's doing. He's doing a good job at it, too. He says, now I think the prospect of technocratic policy curing low birth rates is dubious. But if incentivizing social behavior is now a fascistic endeavor, what does that say about the left's agenda? Maloney defends Europe's Christian identity. The American left acts like the mere mention of Christian is xenophobic and fascistic. Folks, remember how the, the the fascists get rid of all religion? They get rid of God. The the Nazis do too. Worship them, don't worship God. So to say that uh, that uh, someone is fascist, you know, who believes in, in Christianity and believes in God, is again an oxymoron. It's a contradiction. It doesn't exist. It's irrational. And yet that's what they do because it works. Because enough stupid people believing it that we haven't gotten to yet. Well, we're working on it. Back to the article. People get furious when this atheist points out that nearly every Christian majority nation in the world can boast of democratic institutions and high levels of freedom, with a few exceptions of a few places like Russia, while most non-Christian majority nations can't. There are thorny ideological and historical reasons for this reality, but reality it is. When Europe embraces a competing faith, be it secular universalism, multiculturalism, communism, fascism, I would include Nazism, things tend to go poorly. Melonia opposes gay marriage, which isn't legally recognized in Italy. Well, good for them. Nor is gay adoption. Instead, there are same-sex civil unions. I'm fine with that, too. Which offer gay couples nearly the same legal protections as marriage. Laws uh, that Meloni does not propose overturning. I agree with her. Recall that most Democrats, including Barack Obama, held the same position on the matter until 2012. Wrong or right, I don't recall reporters referring to it as fascistic or ideologically far right wing. Did the definition of fascist change in the past decade? Well, yeah, it has actually. <laughs> you know, fascist means anybody who is, believes in God, country, and uh, family. That's what they're calling fascist, which is the exact opposite of fascism. Because a true fascist believes in a corporate government, um, you know, absolute state. That's what fascism is. Okay, folks. Back to the article. Maloney opposes abortion and euthanasia. Every story mentions the protection of life as an evident sign of democratic backsliding. It took some digging to ferret out the official right-wing coalition's position. Outside nebulous language about life, Maloney promises to fund alternatives to abortion. Using state power to shut down pregnancy senators and looking the other way when political terrorists firebomb them is quite Fascisty <laughs> is a new word. Offering pregnant women the means to keep their babies, not so much. Malone, Maloney opposes illegal immigration. Maloney is a moderate Euroskeptic. That's a new term for me. I've got to look more into this. Euroskeptic. And I think that there were those who oppose the European Union as, as a government governing the governments. I think that's what Euroskeptic is, but I've got to look more into it. She's also pro-NATO and supports the West military backing of Ukraine and closer relations with Taiwan. Okay, I agree with Taiwan. I don't agree with, with, with NATO. I think we should get out of NATO. And I think uh, backing Ukraine uh, is crazy. If we hadn't backed Ukraine, they would have settled this by now, long ago. It would have saved a whole lot of lives. Back to the article. Maloney is critic of wokeness and the idea of malleable gender identity, the position of basically the entire world until a few, until a few minutes ago. <laughs> Unlike the Tories of Britain, with the likelihood in Israel, contends the Washington Post, Maloney is a norm wrecker. Anyone who spends five minutes studying post-war Italian governance will probably tell you a country could use some norm-breaking. Maloney's party uses the tricolor flame logo that, quote, harks back to an earlier, more extreme political movement formed shortly after Mussolini's death. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, we're talking about fascism again, right? Numerous outfits inform us that the Populist right Center Coalition, including the party led by former Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi, had its roots in Italy's post-war fascist movements. In and of itself, this is meaningless. It's like saying Democrats have their roots in preserving slavery and segregation. See, I would disagree with the article. (laughs) I think that Democrats do have their roots and their current belief in preserving uh, slavery and segregation. They just use different names for it, you know, uh, believing in their their policies. Anyway, Maloney has denounced fascism, of course, because she's the opposite, contending Italy had handed fascism over to history for decades now. The National Alliance shed its fascistic views long ago. In the 2000s, its leader, Gianfranco Fini, visited Yad Yashem in Israel uh, and called Mussolini's regime absolute evil. Maybe it was all just decades-long ruse to gain power, but as a context worth noting, many did not. Okay, it goes on to hear, oh, Maloney refused to vaccinate her daughter. There you go. Arguing that the probability of someone aged 0 to 19 dying of, dying of COVID-19 is the same as being struck and killed by lightning. To be fair, it's probably a lot lower. Yeah, lightning is a greater danger than, uh, than covid That's interesting. I'm going to use that example. Maloney is, believe it or not, also a fan of Tolkien, and even attended a Hobbit camp in 1993 when she was was 16. Did you hear that? They said that she believes in Lord of the Rings. She must be a conspiracy theorist. Oh, please. Anyway, it says, uh, the last bit, it says, who knows? Perhaps tomorrow Maloney will have the, the trains running on time and embrace a corporatist economic system like so many liberal Eurozone nations. By the way, that's the definition of fascism, by the way, a corporatist economic system. Okay, anyway. Um, the article goes on, but that's basically the gist of it. So that's Georgia Maloney. Questions, comments, opinions? I think this is a good thing. I think she's like Margaret Thatcher was saying um, that uh, Trump was to the United States. I'm impressed. Panel, care
3: to weigh in? Go ahead, once, going twice? I'm impressed, too.
4: I'm Go ahead, Bianchi.
3: I'm impressed. Me and Josie's impressed, but she won't say it. <laughs> Josie's busy. She's fixing
1: her hair. So here's the question. Josie, come in if you can. If not, we'll, we'll catch you next time. How long before Trump meets with Maloney? What do you think? After he declares for president? That's what I think. As soon as Trump declares for president, he's going to meet with Maloney. He's going to meet with Nigel Farage. He's going to meet with Marine Le Pen. And they're going to talk about Europe and future Europe and United States cooperation.
4: That's what I think. Well, I think, I think they're all working together. A lot of these countries, they're working with Trump right now. Many many of these countries, yes. Well, not
1: the governments, because the governments hate Trump. You know, look at uh, Boris Johnson, no. England was not, was not particularly a Trump fan. In fact, he wasn't particularly a fan of freedom either. You look at the new prime minister uh, of Israel. Yeah.
4: Him, I, mean,
1: I, uh, him of yeah. I mean, Netanyahu and Trump got along fabulously well. Didn't get yeah. along with Brandon at all because Brandon's a, you know, a joke. Well, here's the thing, too. Brandon, you know, even if you prosecute him and you throw him in jail, he doesn't know where he is now. How is he going to know where he is in jail? You know, he's not the problem. He's 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 the figurehead. He's the figurehead that allows things to be said that the people that are that want them said, you know, Obama, Hillary, mm-hmm. um, the folks behind him, Valerie Jarrett, Susan Rice, you know, the deep state cabal. Uh, John Bolton of the permanent war class, these people, the people that are behind the scenes, they're the ones that love what he's saying, but they know that he can't be held accountable for what he's saying, but he still gets it set. That's that's the, double, mm. uh, the double-edged sword of uh, sure. Brandon. Yeah.
4: Thank you. Yeah, they're, bright... just use, use, they're using him as a puppet. That's all. He's uh-huh, a puppet. Yeah. Here, let me give but you some pills. Make sure you're oh, It's a mess.
1: Yeah, but they're it's also they're also putting the blame on him, too. So they're saying all these problems are because of Brandon. Well, Brandon doesn't even know what he's doing. So these problems are not because of him. No. he's just he's just reading cards. The problems are the people that put these policies in. And if you think these policies, folks, are going to disappear, you know, when Brandon disappears, I have news for you. Do you think these policies are going to disappear if the if the geldings take Congress? I have news for you. They're not. They're all going to be there because the Republicans, the first thing that's going to happen after the election, what's it? November 8th is the election. All right, so let's say the Republicans take Congress, they take the House, they take the Senate. November 9th, they're going to say there's nothing we can do. Brandon is still president; he can veto anything we pass. That's what they're going to say the day after the election. Guarantee it. Maybe you two know, days after the
0: election. I don't think so. almost
1: immediately after immediately after the election. See, the Republicans, the GOP, the, the the transgender Democrat rhinos, they want Brandon there because they want to have a reason not to do anything, just like they loved Obama. They loved Obama. They passed an end to Obama, what, 62 times when Obama was president, knowing full well that he vetoed every time. As soon as Trump took office, they never passed a a bill to get rid of Obamacare, not once. Why? Because they knew Trump would sign it. And they'd have to actually account for something that was against the deep state. And they don't want to do that. They love their position as the loyal, you know, controlled opposition that doesn't do anything. They love their position as being losers. They love not having to have any responsibility for anything and just get the perks. And, and happily go along. They love supporting the deep state because they are the deep state. They love the fact that Brandon is going to be a, a fake president, a coup president when they take Congress, because that means for two more years, they don't have to do anything. They can say, well, Brandon is the president. He's going to veto everything we do. That's what's going to happen. Guarantee it. That's why we need Trump back.
3: Well, he was scared yeah. to go after Obama for being a uh, fear of being called racist, as usual, and white supremacist. Mm-hmm. And crazy white men running around in the woods, plotting all, <laughs>
1: killing blacks. Yep, got to get over that real fast. Hey, listen, I'm the one that called uh, Martha's Vineyard Mighty Whitey Island. <laughs> you know, I'm still here. <laughs> I kind of like that name. <clears throat> in fact, we should do the Mighty Whitey Island Report. And now direct from Martha's Vineyard, the Mighty Whitey Island Report. <laughs> I crack myself up. All right, Breitbart. Prime Minister-elect Truss, that's T-R-U-S-S, claims she will govern as a conservative. Claims. Keyword here is claims. Okay. So this was interesting. I thought she was a conservative until I read this article. And this is by Jack Montgomery, 5th of, 5th of September. So what, two weeks ago? This is Foreign Secretary Liz Truss, now leading leader of Britain's governing conservative, that's the Tory party, uh, and due to be formally invited to take the office of prime minister by Queen Elizabeth II on Tuesday, has claimed she will govern as a conservative. Okay. This is written before the Queen passed away. And this is written before she actually became prime minister. So she was prime. She is prime minister now. King Charles is, is the king of, of England, and, uh, she, and uh, there we go. But the article says, Truss emphasized that during his leadership campaign, uh, during this leadership campaign, I campaigned as a conservative, and I will govern as a conservative, which means she wasn't a conservative before. If she campaigned as a conservative, doesn't mean she is a conservative. She says, I, I am a conservative. She didn't say that. She says, I campaigned as a conservative, and I will govern as a conservative. Well, that's future. So, so obviously, she was something else. So she's, people have a really hard time lying directly. They can lie sort of. This is a sort of lie. Because you know she's not a conservative by saying that she campaigned as a conservative. Well, that should be obvious if you actually are. Conservatives don't say they're, they're, they're conservatives. They don't, they don't say, you know, Trump doesn't say I'm campaigning as a conservative. He says I believe in America first. He doesn't have to say he's a conservative. You know. But if, you, if, you're, if you're on the fence, if you're in doubt, if you're not being truthful, if you're lying about who you are, then you say you're campaigning as a conservative. That's kind of like the disclaimer, you know, that uh, you know I can neither confirm nor deny what the military says about nuclear weapons. And then says, "I will govern as a conservative." Well, does she, she even know what that is? Again, you know, governing as a conservative. Why don't you just govern, you know, with, with conservative policies? It's just it's a weird frame of speech that implies to me that she's lying. Anyway, this is her speech immediately after being announced as the winner of the party leadership contest by Sir Graham Brady MP. And that stands for Member of Parliament. All right, so let's go on back to the article again, which says the foreign secretary, that's trust, was perhaps seeking to assuage the doubts of some in the party grassroots about her left-wing background. What do you mean a left-wing background? How can she say she's going to govern as a conservative and campaign as a conservative if she's got a left-wing background, unless she's radically changed? I don't know. The article says Truss was a fairly high-level ca- uh, activist in the Liberal Democrats in her youth. Okay. More recently, and perhaps more concerningly, Truss was a member of the left liberal tendency, uh, of the left liberal tendency within the Tory Parliamentary Party and campaigned fiercely against Brexit, which she has since claimed to have changed her mind on. Uh-oh. You want to see a big flag? If you campaigned fiercely against Brexit, it means you're a globalist and not a nationalist. You're one of them. You're not one of us. So Britain's lost. Britain went from Nigel Farage, who brought about Brexit, who got Britain out of the European Union, to Boris Johnson, who did nothing uh, to promote Brexit and uh, make sure the, the, the Brexit went through, to now Trust, who's going to do the same thing. She's going to do nothing uh, to advance the, the Brexit policy. So it's almost like the vote was for nothing. That's how the globalists take away your your victories. You they, they give you a, a victory in name only and then don't change the laws to, to fit uh, – the new policy. Anyway, says, she says, I will deliver a bold plan to cut taxes and grow our government. Well, shouldn't she already have a bold plan, plan for that? She says, I will deliver on the energy crisis, dealing with people's energy bills. Well, that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to provide lots of energy, and the bills will take care of themselves. And then she says, but also dealing with the long-term issue we have on energy supply. Well, that's better. And I will deliver on National Health Service. Wait a minute. <laughs> Conservatives don't want a National Health Service. Look what the National Health Service brought us. COVID vaccine mandates, lockdowns, masks, clo- closed schools, closed companies, except for the big companies that donate to the party. That's your government health care. So anybody that says they're for National Health Service, they're not a conservative, and they never will be. Back to the article. The promise to cut taxes quite imminently. This is but uh, this is uh, – well, the article says here, if previous pronouncements can be relied upon, marks a significant departure from governance under the supposedly libertarian Boris Johnson, who along with Rishi Shunak, don't know who that is, when he was chancellor of the Exchequer, that's the Treasury, spoke a great deal about their aspirations to cut taxes, but in practice, increased the tax burden to its heaviest in 70 years. So there's a new conservative in England. So she's basically Brandon, who was elected. You know, so uh, that's my take on that. Yeah. Comments?
0: Let me get a little I bit think more I the all article. these
4: leaders are yeah. corrupt. All these leaders are corrupt all over the world.
0: Mm-hmm. So.
1: So the question yeah. is, how do you fight it? And the only way I can think of to fight it huh? is to have people write different laws. So if mm-hmm. we give the laws to the government, say these are the laws that we consent to be governed by. These are the laws we want you to pass. This is how we're going to operate from now on. No one's ever made that argument. Mm-hmm. People have always said, you need mm-hmm. to get the right people in office. Well, the right people may get into office, but they don't stay the right people. They become co No, They get told they by their party. Yeah, they get told by their party masters, you will vote this way or else. You won't be here any longer.
4: Yeah. Exactly. That's, so that's what's been happening. That's what's yeah. been happening in America. Look at George, George W. Bush, corrupt, and then his son, corrupt. And then each president that comes in, they become part of the corruption. Yeah? Yeah. That's why they didn't want Donald Trump, because he didn't want to be part of them. Mm -hmm. But
1: even Donald Trump needs help. Donald Trump doesn't have the ideas that we have here. You know, Donald Trump has the administration. He has the charisma to get elected. He has the the organization to build a huge business. He has the ability to do amazing things. But he doesn't have the vision that a lot Mm -hmm. of us do here. And so what I'm trying to do is to merge us with Trump in a way that we join forces with the Make America Great movement and become the, the inspiration, of the ideas part of, of Make America Great Again. That's where I see us going. That's what I'm trying to accomplish. That's why I'm trying to get in touch with the Trump administration folks, get them on the show, and, and talk about the ideas we have here. Get those ideas to Trump so that we become an integral part of the 2024 well, campaign. That's what I'm working on. Yes.
4: If- if they allow me to uh, write your writeyourlaws.com and the uh, story coming up mm-hmm. uh, soon, I'm sure some of them are going to be reading some of your bills. You I hope know? so. That was the yeah. idea that I put because I have given I have given my bill to Mike Flynn, Cindy Powell in her hands, Sean Hannity. Uh, so many different people i mean in their mm-hmm. hand and nothing nothing does anything about it because that, it that was a one-time good.
1: event yeah because it was a one-time event so what we need is is we need emerald robinson who had me on her show uh, a few weeks ago to mm-hmm. report on bills on a regular basis we need her to share those with yeah. uh, mike lindell of lindell tv that's his network he needs to share those bills mm-hmm. with donald trump you know the other people in that show mm-hmm. brandon house uh steve bannon Uh, Some of the other folks that are on Lindell TV, they all need to be talking about bills every day. If they they take like two minutes per day, you know, here's our bill of the day or the bill of the week. We're going to feature, you know, if if one week they featured vaccine product liability, all the shows. If the next week they featured, you know, getting rid of big tech censorship, all their shows. Just spend a few minutes on each bill. Contact your legislator. Here's the link. Here's where you find it. You know, uh, go that way. You know, if they did mm-hmm. that and then other networks started doing it, if uh, the Federalists, you know, covered us, if Breitbart covered us, yeah. if Children's Health Defense, especially John, uh, excuse me, Robert Kennedy Jr.'s organization, if they, if they post our vaccine bill. We're trying to get Robert Kennedy on the show. You know, we're working on yeah. that. Uh, Judy's friends with him. You know, Judy oh, okay. good. Oh, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying anything secret here because she's talked about it openly on the show. Yeah. She calls him Bobby. <laughs> I said, you call him Bobby. Yeah,
4: Bobby. That's what they call she said, him. Bobby.
1: She says, all his friends call him Bobby. I said, like, oh great. <laughs> Can I call him Bobby?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> we'll see. I'll, I'll call getting, him Robert. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. I'll call him Robert. But uh, but that's mm-hmm. the thing that we're we're. This is how close we are. I don't think people realize how close we are to to uh, you know merging with with the mega folks uh, in a way. But uh, yeah. You you know,
3: for,
1: uh, go, ahead. go ahead, Bianchi
3: You will watch Price is Right. Yeah. Uh huh. And when you have a contestant up on the stage trying to figure the price, then he looks, turns to the crowd for assistance. Mm-hmm. That's the way your politics could be. The people or you know, the crowd telling the politician which direction to go, and they should listen and follow.
0: Mm-hmm. If not, I agree.
3: they go back to their seat.
1: Yeah, but it takes multiple exposures. You know, people hear this one time. It doesn't make a difference, but that when they hear it, you know, several times several times a week, citizen legislation, we can can stop inflation the minute that constitutional amendment passes to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. There will be no more inflation because inflation is caused by government spending, borrowing, and printing money. If you take away the power to borrow, they have to live within their means. The, The currency is fixed. The, F, the, the Fed loses its justification because they're not, they're not going to regulate the money supply anymore because the money supply is regulating itself. It's stabilized by getting rid of the ability of Congress to borrow money. You know, so all these things can happen. Yeah. And if you explain it to people on a very simple, straightforward level, we can end inflation. We can increase the value of the dollar. We can increase the value of your savings. We can cause deflation. Your prices will drop. And we will have unparalleled economic growth and prosperity. All you have to do is send this amendment to Congress and get the process started.
4: Definitely.
3: And at the same and at the same time you have to have a simulcast going on where you are incorporating the right type Mm -hmm. of education for your children. Because if you don't, don't, then you're gonna have to deal with dumb people for a continuum rather than Mm -hmm. changing the mindset, then having those to come in behind them knowing the thing that's right to do.
1: See, that's why I need to abolish government schools, because all they are is indoctrination centers of the left. So we do that, you know, and this is why I kept screaming, you know, when the the schools were closed in 2020. I said, good, keep them closed. Sell the buildings. Mm -hmm. Fire all the teachers. Open them up as private schools. You know, sell them to entrepreneurs at a bargain price. I said, now is the time. All the schools in the country are closed. We can get rid of the public education system right now. And nobody picked up on it. Everybody said it was crazy. Well, you guys didn't. Well, but so many people, they said, you can't do that. We need the public schools. Oh, well.
4: Great. You know. 1.2 million children did not return to public school. Did not. That's a good
1: thing. Yeah, but, but it, why should any of them? Yeah, that's why not... Why should any, why should any so, poor I, kid... I there were more. Yeah, but why should mm-hmm. any kid have to suffer with a government education? If you literally close the schools... See, here's the thing, though. If you close all the government schools, mm-hmm. all those government taxes for education would still be collected. Yep. Yeah. So where would they go well there's your voucher program i mean i had this all figured out Mm. (laughs) the the plan was there and nobody stepped up you know i sent out press releases i did shows on this i said close the government schools change the buildings demolish the buildings build new schools that actually look nice that don't look like prisons. or would
4: you yeah yeah Yeah.
1: and it did you know i mean that was that was the window we had like this Mm -hmm. six-month window from March, from May, March, June, July, August, yeah. From, it's not from, like, too late. No it's, no, it's never too late, but it would have been easier because they too. were already closed. Everybody was gone. Yeah. The teachers were in Argentina on the beaches, you know, sending back uh, videos no, of how they were spending were, their salaries. A
4: lot of the yeah. teachers were part of the uh, Antifa in the streets. A lot of the college, a lot of the school, yeah. Well, a street, lot yeah. of the radical left teachers were on the street marching with mm-hmm. the Antifa group. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of them were yeah. teachers. Yeah. Hey, guys, God God bless you. I got to get going. I have to go to the hospital before I open my store today. I got a new girl I'm training. So God bless you. It's nice talking to
1: both of you chicos. Well, thank you. (laughs) Nice talking to you, too. Feel free to play our show in your store, you know, anytime the store is open. (laughs) I do. We have podcasts. Oh, good. That must be
4: interesting. God bless. God
1: bless you, too. All right. So back to uh, Brexit here for a little bit, or back to this article on uh, the new prime minister of, of England. Uh, Talking about uh, the self-conscious pledge to govern as a conservative after Johnson, that's Boris Johnson, the previous prime minister, spent much of his premiership neglecting Brexit, which is the British exit from the European Union, hiking taxes, pushing net zero green agenda, that's getting rid of our carbon so we all die, increasing immigration, probably illegal, and drawing up anti-free speech laws on online harms drew pointer remarks from some conservatives outside the official conservative party, none more prominent than Brexit champion Nigel Farage. So this is something that, that I just learned recently, too. And this is why I'm starting the international group you know, after the show, is that Boris Johnson, you know, alleged conservative, uh, was a terrible prime minister. He was basically a liberal. He, he promised to govern as a conservative and then went liberal. I think Truss is going to do exactly the same thing. She's promised to govern as a conservative, but that doesn't mean anything unless you actually do govern as a conservative. So that's the situation we find ourselves in. So we shall, uh, we shall take a look, and we shall see. Um, Nigel Farage, I found out from Jen Clark, is in Australia. And so we, he's, he's doing tours now. <laughs> it says uh, Nigel Farage is a co-leader and former leader of the U.K. Independence Party. Uh, the UKIP, I guess that's UKIP. There we go. And the Brexit Party, now the Reform UK. Wow, sounds like uh, Ross Perot. He was the face of the successful campaign to take the UK out of the European Union in the 2016 Brexit referendum. What do we now? 2022? No, six years ago. Huh, no wonder people are upset. Positioning the referendum uh, as the start of a global populist wave against the political establishment. Yeah, so we've got to talk to Nigel. We've got to get him on the show. He will love what we do here. Because if, if I can show uh, Nigel Farage how, uh, how Action Radio works, how the citizen legislature works, how anybody can write a bill, how we can get that bill into the media, how we can get that to politicians, and we can get enough groundswell to, to turn everybody into a lobbyist to get these bills passed. That's a revolution, folks. That's, that's really what this, is, what this is all about. And I think that's why our audience is growing so fast in England, uh, Australia, and, uh, and Canada. Let me just check my live chat, see if anybody's talking to us. Nope, not yet. Live chat's open. The Skype line's open. You know, Skyplane, you gotta call in and then have to approve your account. So you probably won't get on the first day you call in, but to the day after that shouldn't be a problem. It says Farage, this is back to his website, although oh, no, the Australian tour website, Farage, Nigel Farage, has been described as the most important British politician of the last decade. And one of the most influential, Farage has become the great disruptor of British and European politics and has widely consulted for his views on changing the nature of Western politics. Okay, well, you wanna see the changing nature of Western politics? Listen to this show. <laughs> We are the changing nature of Western politics, folks. And then we're going to get to Eastern politics. Wait, oh, by the way, um, Pianki, Iran dropped. So Iran's been with us since the beginning, but I guess the mullahs finally had enough of our freedom talk. <laughs> so Iran has dropped off the world map. Now, eh, what are you going to do? We, we had a good run. Hopefully, they'll be back. We shall see. 35 here. We've got about time to go. And then I'm going to play as a player, um, the piece on the uh, state. I may need to do that earlier. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I want to get through this, uh, this article here. Dateline Canada. want to get my news. Uh, where's my news teletype here? Let's make it sound like a news show. Uh, here we go. Dateline. Dateline Canada. This is from CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, Calgary. MADU, that's M-A-D-U, thanks Freedom Convoys those are the folks I talked to up in Canada and Australia, for mobilizing against Ottawa's tyrannical pandemic policies. Isn't this great? Alberta cabinet minister says restrictions were about political control and power. Interesting. Uh, Casey Madu, Alberta's labor and immigration minister, took aim at federal travel restrictions on Tuesday while thanking all those citizens, freedom convoys, who had the courage to mobilize against these tyrannical policies. I'm Madu. Pianki. where's that from? He's black. I'm just curious if uh uh is that a is that a name from any country you might recognize? Madu? Yeah, M A D U. Casey Madu, K A Y C E E M A D U. He's Alberta, Alberta Canada's minister uh uh labor and immigration minister. Now there's not a lot of black folks in Canada. He may be from, uh except he for maybe last-
3: Zambia. Zambia.
1: Okay. Well, the reason I'm curious maybe he's is because... Zambia is Central
3: Africa. If, you know, is he black? He's black, yeah. Yeah, He's probably yeah. from, from Zambia.
1: Okay, because are not a lot of black Canadians, you know, except for the last maybe 30, 40 years. So I'm guessing either he or his parents maybe were immigrants to Canada. You know, I grew up in Toronto. Yeah. Toronto was all white. Trust me, Toronto was white. You know, um, that's just the way it was. Canada was an, is an incredibly white country, which is not... You know, it's no big deal. It's just the way it is, right? Um, but uh, mm-hmm. Canada had a lot of Jamaican immigrants, uh, and they, I don't know if if Canada had an African immigrant encouragement incentive program. I'm not sure, but that's what I'm asking. The reason I find this interesting
3: there's is a lot that of the, the,
1: the, yeah, it's freezing cold though. It's got to be a don't climate really change. The climate cold shock. Water,
3: There's a lot of them up there.
1: Yeah, it's got to yeah. be a climate shock from uh, from Zambia to Alberta. <laughs> Alberta is one of the coldest oh, places oh, on I the be. planet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's probably inside a lot. Well, why I find this interesting is that the immigrants are, are generally the people that fight strongest for uh, independence. You look at the immigrants on this show, Josie, me, you know, um, I thought, who else? And folks that are fairly, uh, Dr. Peter Pry, I think uh, his family came from Russia. Uh, maybe his parents did. We have a lot of, of very close uh, immigrant, you know, either immigrants themselves like me and Josie, uh, and first uh, first generation people that were born here to immigrant parents. And so you find that immigrants are some of the strongest supporters of freedom. You know, I think Canada is the same way. People that go to Canada from whatever country they came from. Well, tell me about Zambia. Well, I don't know anything about that country. I think we actually have listeners in Zambia. I mean, um, yeah, we do. In fact, yeah, we
3: have Zimbabwe. Zambia the uh, their, uh-huh. in the area of Zimbabwe. They're sort of central. It's landlocked. Yeah, uh uh-huh.
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're on a map. They're on I they're
3: love the it. countries they're in Africa. Christian nation. Yeah, Christian nation basically the following of the religion and uh, there's a lot of language groups.
1: Were they a colony of uh, any of the, the the European powers, or were they independent?
3: Well, they was it was probably occupied for by Britain at one time.
1: Okay. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Now they had I'm a white curious.
3: Okay. Vice president. What's uh, that Scott Scott. Suffren. Really? Had, they had a white vice president who was a a Zambian. Mm-hmm. But that was a, that's not typical. But the, they did have one.
1: That's okay. It. It, what was it? it? Uh,
3: Scott
1: mm-hmm. Do you remember uh, the prime minister? I think it was either Argentina or one of the countries in South America. I think it was Argentina. Uh, president Fujimori, you know, of Japanese ancestry.
3: So yeah,
1: yeah, I don't Florida, remember yeah look, let, me, let me make up real quick. Uh, Fujimori, I think uh, I think what's the prime minister's name?
3: I have, I have a good memory, mm-hmm. but not a great memory. Fuji,
1: hang on, F U J I M O R I. I'm not typing well. Fujimori, Peru. Oh, it was Peru. It was president. Yeah, Alberto <laughs> Alberto, which is a which is a Latina name Latino name. Uh, Fujimori, which is a Japanese name. <laughs> yeah. Alberto Kina Fujimori. Mori. Uh, Inomoto. <laughs> it's a great name. It's an interesting mixture of, of, of uh, Spanish and Japanese. Uh, and a uh, Peruvian statesman, professor and former engineer, who was president of Peru, uh, 1990 to 2000. Yeah, I thought I recognized that name. So it was, I love how these, these, these international border uh, things you wouldn't expect. You wouldn't expect a, a Japanese ancestry you know, president of Peru. That's fascinating to me. So if we have a, a Zambian, either immigrant or descendant, uh, as someone who's advocating freedom. So the whole point, of the, the point I was getting to <clears throat> is that he's advocating freedom much more than the Trudeau long term family, you know, Quebecois, uh, Quebec family of the Trudeau family. Uh, Pierre Trudeau being his father, who was prime minister, you know, basically they're advocating tyranny. So I just found that interesting. Anyway, let me get to the article. This is Casey Madu. Alberta's already oh, read that. Alberta's Minister of Labor and Immigration has taken to why, do they have a, why does Alberta have a Ministry of Immigration? That's interesting in itself. Anyway, Labor and Immigration has taken to social media to criticize Ottawa's tyrannical pandemic travel restrictions and thank Freedom Convoys for their efforts against them. Let me check the date on this. I think this is a recent article, though. Uh, yeah, so September twenty-first. So uh, he still so he still criticized. So those policies must still be enforced. He says, in a tweet responding to news about the federal government potentially ending COVID-19 border requirements, Casey Madhu said the measure was, quote, never was about science, political control, and power. I like this guy. We should get him on the show. He says, thanks to all citizens, freedom convoys, who had the courage to mobilize against these tyrannical policies. Uh, read the remark on Madhu's Twitter account on uh, Tuesday. There was a reporter that uh, from uh, Ottawa we had on the show, Jenny Jane. Uh, I think that was her name. I could be wrong. Anyway, um, she was on. She, she was, was so upset at the end of the – do you remember when she was on? The hour – she's from Ottawa talking about the, the convoys and the, the way these people are horribly treated by the Chido government. I'll have to go check her name. I'll go see. I could be wrong. Anyway, um, but yeah. And so she was it – on. Was, it was a fabulous um, report. And just – and but, uh, you know, there's a lot of Canadians that really object to what's going on there, I mean, they really do. And it's, it's quite fascinating to see what's happening. Anyway, she says, thanks to all those Citizens Freedom Convoys who had the courage to mobilize. They endured a lot of hate, name-calling, suffered and vilified on behalf of all of us. I thank them. Continued the tweet from a former solicitor, General Minister of Justice. This is pretty encouraging. I'm liking this. I think we've got some good stuff going on. This is the comment came after it was reported Tuesday. The federal government is leaning towards dropping the vaccine requirement for people entering Canada, ending random COVID-19 testing at airports and making use of the Arrive Can app. I guess that's Arrive Canada app uh, by the end of this month. Such travel restrictions were among the pandemic measures that ignited large protests earlier this year, including those that jammed streets in Ottawa for several weeks and blocked international borders uh, like C-O-U-T-P-S-Alta. I'm not sure where that is. Anyway. Uh, Casey do tweets, it was never about science, but about political control and power, thanks to all those citizens, freedom convoys, who had the courage to mobilize against these tyrannical policies. That's what I just read. So I got some hope for Canada. Pianki. what do you think? This could be a good thing.
3: Yes, a okay. good thing and a different wrapper. Yeah.
1: It's interesting if the immigrants you that all make the, the
3: difference. Another...
1: Huh? It's interesting if the immigrants that make the difference in a lot of these countries now.
3: Well, they've experienced something different. Yeah. Some people have it going on right under their nose and don't recognize it.
1: Absolutely. All right, so i got one more here, and then I might play our uh, our piece on separation of church and state. I'm pretty much done. I mean, I've covered everything I wanted to cover. So here's Nigel Farage from his own website, Tuesday, September 27th. Oh, this is an article that he wrote uh, June 25th of 2022. So here's the thing, though. What, what do you think is going to happen with Britain? You know, when Trump comes back, you know, either next year or 2024, he's going to have to deal with an England um, that is, you know, if, it's, if it was a Boris Johnson England or a, I forgot what uh, Ms. Trust's first name is, but you've got liberals masquerading as conservatives. They're not going to be a lot of help. It's not going to be like Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan. It's going to be something totally different. Anyway, got any ideas? Okay. Well, I guess we'll wait and see. Um, I can't tell
3: you much about Boris Johnson's part of the world. I never, especially of late, haven't put too much attention to it because there's just so much here to keep abreast to.
1: Well, yeah, there's a lot going on here. Well, you know, we've got plenty going on. Like I say, we're under a coup. We're under an illegal government. There's a lot of stuff here that um you know i we don't know where it's going to go we've never been in this place before this is why it's so fascinating that action radio that i was able to do this at this particular time in history with the technology we have with uh, the covid you know oppressive policies with an illegal government i mean what are the chances all these things would happen at the same time
3: this is a really interesting time in history yeah it's definitely a lot of things happening at the same time and uh it takes a lot of energy and steadfastness for people to get to understand it. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons why come the opposition has gotten so far. First, it was very sneaky and quiet. Now, all of a sudden, it's an onslaught coming from many directions. That's one time when the school board meeting was border protection, whether it's uh, removal of your uh, liberties and rights when it comes down to vaccinations and Confinement and shutdown, just so much going
1: on at one time. Yeah, sure is. Let me switch countries. I want to go to France. Uh, I want to make sure I haven't covered France yet. And so this is from Investment Watch. This is about the article says some highlights from Marine Le Pen's platform. So Marine Le Pen, uh, that's the, that's not her full name. She's a contraction of a couple of different names uh, of her first names. Anyway, her father uh, Le Pen, you know, senior. Uh, was, a, was an activist back from the early 70s. And they're patriots, they're freedom folks, they're, they're people in France, they're conservatives, you know, they're nationalists, they're all the things, you know, believe in God, you know, country and family, uh, all the things we believe here. And she was absolutely demonized. She was treated like Trump you know, in France. And I believe, as Josie, we talked about this earlier, that she had her election stolen. And so there's a very good chance that uh, I think that happened. Uh, and that's why, uh, what's his name, Macron, uh, is in you know got his got his presidency back, uh, and he's doing what what socialists normally do you know nothing, you know widespread uh, illegal immigration and uh, destroying the economy with socialism, but here's what she stood for, and hopefully she'll be back uh, as well. But if you see you know if we get to, it'd be a great combination to have Georgie Maloney in Italy, uh, Marine Le Pen uh, in France, and uh, a British Prime Minister like Nigel Farage, you know where they actually had those three countries: Britain, France, uh, and Italy. Coordinate. Of course, then we need Germany, too. I don't see Germany as, as having a, a, you know, a huge tradition of, of, uh, of freedom and liberty. <laughs> no offense. I'm not just talking World War II, but I'm talking about you know, Bismarck, you know, the, the feudal states. I mean, the, Germany has not been a country. Uh, I don't even know if Germany has a Bill of Rights. But it would be nice to have a German come forward, a, free, a freedom-seeking German person equivalent to Georgia Maloney of Italy. Uh, Marine Le Pen in France and Nigel Farage in England, and Donald Trump here. It'd be nice to see. And this minister up in uh, Canada, we we're just talking about Casey uh, Macdui, and hopefully he'll be prime minister sometime. Although oh, some other good folks in, in Canada too uh, that I've uh, reported on earlier. Anyway, so so lots lots happening in these countries. It's quite fascinating. So Let me read this article here, April twelfth, twenty twenty-two. So it's a few months old. Uh, I think this is right before she either lost or right after she lost. I'm not sure where. Article by Chris Black B L A C K. And this is in the Investment Watch website. says I do not believe a populist leader inheriting a demo plurocratic state as entrenched as France can execute Le Pen's platform if elected. She says in the French context it will require Le Pen to have both military backing and a large street movement supporting a massive purge of the existing judicial, capitalist, and media classes. She says I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see her party as having the will to do that. This is interesting. Uh, I don't agree with that at all. (laughs) You know, a lot of times these articles, I haven't memorized them all, so I don't know. I just said, well, this looks interesting. Let's, let's talk about this. Then it says, but an election win would still be a massive moral victory. Marine Le Pen, unlike Trump, is a serious political actor. Okay, I disagree with that, too. Trump is a very serious political actor. This is being unable to implement any of her platform due to veto by unelected forces could discredit the post-war liberal system for good. Okay, here's what I think they're saying. But I disagree with the basic premise. But it's the same thing Trump ran into. Trump tried to institute all kinds of things, but he didn't replace the people in government. Because he didn't replace the people in government, none of his policies got implemented. The deep state took over. I think this guy's saying that if Marine Le Pen you know, became uh, prime minister of France, that those same unelected bureaucrats would stop her, just like they stopped Trump. But here's her policy. The reason I picked up this article was it has her platform. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Immigration. This is from Marine Le Pen. Uh, presidential candidate. She says, only French citizens will have access to welfare benefits. Makes sense. French nationals will be given preference in access to social housing and to jobs. Well, I'm not sure what social housing and jobs is. That sounds socialist to me. But French nationals, if they have it, should get it first. Stop family reunification. I'm not sure what that means either. I think that means, you know, unaccompanied minors who run into the country, you know, get matched up with all kinds of folks. I'm not sure what that is. This one I do get. Systematically deport undocumented migrants, in other words, illegal aliens, foreigners convicted of crimes. I can support that. Withdraw residency for migrants that are out of work for more than a year. There you go. Remove birthright citizenship. Absolutely agree with that. Asylum requests to be processed outside of France. I agree with that, too. That's much more of a Trump thing. Uh, Withdraw France from NATO's military command structures. That would be interesting. If France gets out of NATO, okay, that's huge. I think they should. I think Britain should, too, and I think we should. Uh, in fact, I don't think NATO should exist anymore. It's outlived its usefulness. This is for the French Constitution to prevail over international law. See, now this is really interesting, Piaki, because if the French Constitution is subordinate to international law, there is no French Constitution. You know, this is why our Constitution says very clearly, we are the, you know, the Constitution is, is the supreme law of the land. Now, the government can make treaties with other countries, but they're still not superior to the Constitution. And if those treaties conflict with the Constitution, the Constitution still governs us. This is why all these people who say we're, uh, uh, we're, we're a, a nation of, uh, you know, we're under, the, we're under the, the U.N., that the U.N. owns us, that we're all slaves to the U.N. It's not true. Now, in practice, are the, are, the gov- are the government people following the Constitution? No. But the Constitution still exists, therefore we can still use it, and we are still, you know, we the people of the United States, not we the people of the world. So this is a good thing. But France, I didn't know they were under international law. That's stupid. And the last one here, create a European alliance of nations. People don't understand how
3: their work needed. you don't – really, that's just like the human rights uh, declaration. Oh, that's a horrible document. We have a constitution. We don't need a human rights declaration. We have civil rights.
1: Well, and that's a really important distinction. People don't – and this is what we spent a lot of time with Jen Clark in Australia on. You know, when we talked about – we talked about the, the individual rights versus human rights. Well, you know, uh, people, when they talk about the U.N., human rights. Well, if, if uh, you can't have human rights in your Bill of Rights because that means every human on the planet has the right to everything you have in that country, be it Australia or the United States. So what the U.N. really is doing is, is you know, basically international slavery to the U.N. The U.N. human rights doctor, uh, document is a, is a government subordination to the U.N. because they're the ones who will tell everybody what human rights are. You know, you have a right to a home and a car and a certain amount of income, and you have a right to medical care and a free education, all this other stuff. That's all in there. Well, that makes people slave to the UN. So, so saying that human rights is meaningless. It's individual rights and civil rights. Those are what rights are. You know, a human is a collective, and a collective cannot have rights. Only individuals can have rights. So do human beings have individual rights? Absolutely. But along with human rights, the UN defines responsibilities. So this is the catch. Hey, have you read that document recently, Jackie? You want a document on, on uh, human rights?
3: I've heard people talk it, and I've read it once, uh, maybe twice, uh, maybe more. Yeah. But you know this whole thing about children deciding? That's where it comes from. Yeah. From the human rights declaration.
1: Well, because children are people, too. They have a right to decide. <coughs> yeah what they're told by the UN.
3: No, sure. In, in deciding the, the gender going against their parents. That's uh mm-hmm. that comes from the human rights declaration from, as I understood it when I read it.
1: I think it does too. I think you're right. Uh, it's been a while. I, I looked at it very carefully because in Australia, when we were crafting the uh, Australian bill of individual rights, it was very clear that Australians, you know, when they tried to do this before in Canada and other countries have adopted the UN declaration of human rights as a bill of rights. And it's not, it's a bill of responsibilities to the U.N. and to every other person on the planet. In other words, they have a right to your income, your country, your land, everything you've worked for. You know, you the, And that's the problem with yeah, the U.N. Declaration.
3: That's getting to the likes of a dictator because it depends on who's the head of the uh, U.N. Yeah. And we've seen uh, the, either the president or last head of the U.N. how uh, well, they were definitely against Trump.
1: Oh, they sure were. You know, look at the WHO, <laughs> you know, the World Health Organization that sort of managed COVID on a global scale for uh, for the UN. But the biggest problem is they talk about responsibilities, and uh, it's like the Declaration of Human Rights, you know, says you have responsibilities. In other words, you have free speech, but you can't offend somebody. Your responsibility is to exercise free speech that is inoffensive. Well, that takes away free speech. Free speech is supposed to be offensive. It's not offensive. There's no point. If you don't offend somebody, that means you're agreeing with everybody. And if you're saying things that everybody agrees with, that's not free speech. That's just repeating stuff that's already been said. Anyway, that's uh, that's Marine Le Pen. She also wants to create a European alliance of nations intended to progressively replace the European Union. I think, you know, if they want to have a trade thing, you know, the best thing they could do is what we do. Have the, the, the what's the free trade agreement between Canada, Mexico, and us? That's all you need.
3: Huh. Well, rather than free trade, you need to have fair trade. Because if you have free trade, That's that true. means that they get to the point where a nation can dump into your country based on a whole lot of reasons, uh, price, currency, manipulation, and so on and so on. So you want to have yeah. fair trade.
1: Exactly. Let me get you another article here that sort of couples a couple of other things we talked about. This is Olivia Pearson.org, free thought Advocate. She's someone I might want to have on the show. This is an article I haven't read a lot of. In fact, I was up late, you know, pulling articles together, not knowing how many I was going to get through on the show today. But Olivia Pearson. So it's O-L-I-V-I-A-P-I-E-R-S-O-N, Olivia org. It says, Maureen Le Pen, a nationalist? You say it like it's a bad thing. So this, the reason I picked this article is it really talks about nationalism and why it's such a good thing. And she says nationalism has become the filthiest word in the modern western lexicon on a par with the word colonialism. Yet the value of nationalism is arguably good, arguably good for any country which still has the ability to cultivate feelings of unity and pride in people who share a unique identity and cultural heritage. It is exactly this reason why globalists hate the idea so much. They see it as an obstacle to their bleak agenda of worldwide cultural homogeneity. I'm not good with words this morning. H-O-M-O-G-E-N-E-I-T-Y, homogeneity. In other words, we're all the same. It is a disagreement very similar in sentiment to the clash between individualism versus collectivism. In fact, it is almost identical to this, only more macrocosmic. Said globalists must uh, just loathe Uh, the Olympic Games, all those powerful athletes patriotically representing their countries and competing for individual physical superiority? Hmm, Horrors. It's kind of interesting the last Olympics held in communist China. That is kind of a contradiction. Back to the article. Marine Le Pen, who has to be one of the world's most courageous women living today, incurs far too much criticism for standing on a nationalist platform, as if it's a bad thing. The national character of France is what the French people once felt so proud to uphold since the time of of its great influence over European uh, Enlightenment. This French character promoted valuable attributes, namely the emancipation of women and children, religious tolerance, a dedication to scientific inquiry, the economic system of capitalism and innovation, and the greatest gem which makes all these others possible, freedom of speech and of the press. I didn't know that came from France. (laughs) I thought it was British. But uh, that's interesting. So i got to look into the Enlightenment now. So I think it was maybe a uh, British-France cooperative effort, but now I'm curious. Back to the article. Watching France go through its general election has become almost as painful as the 2016 election, resulting in in the election of Donald J. Trump as president. I say painful because of the media bias skewed so heavily against Madame Le Pen as it was and still is against Trump. Remember, this is written in 2017, so it only got worse, right? Le Pen has been extremely vocal on conquering Islamic terrorism in her own country. Terror, which happens now somewhere in the Western world, almost on a weekly basis, as some of us predicted it would, and that was before the Great Immigration Crisis. The current socialist president, Hollande, so this is back in 2017 in France, has said that the French have to accept that this is now le new normal, in other words, the new normal, right? Le Pen is saying bollocks, (laughs) I guess that's a British term, B-O-L-L-I-X, to that. In French, of course, Uh, that's like BS, (laughs) only say the word. It is something that they must fight and eradicate. Now that's the spirit. Where have all the Frenchmen gone? Well, folks forget that, uh, you know, the French government, you know, collaborated with the Nazis and with the Vichy uh, in France in World War II. The French people formed the French resistance, took their private guns and, and shot the Nazis. In occupied France. So you're talking about, this is the difference between the independent French, the nationalist French, the French that fought for their country, and the government of France that sold them out and invited the Nazis in just so long as they didn't mess up the art galleries and cafes in Paris. Pretty big difference. I'm with the nationalists. I would have been with the French resistance, guarantee it. Article says, Le Pen's opponent, 39-year-old Emmanuel Macron, he's kind of young, isn't he? is declaring that the French people must vote for him in order to stop the, quote, greatest enemy to France, nationalism. <laughs> Excusez-moi, is he joking? I'm afraid not. He hates Marine Le Pen and nationalism more than he hates Islamic terror in France, ushered in by the multi zealots of the European Union with their suicidal open immigration policies, Polish which Macron has committed to continue. The greatest enemy within France is is, is a, Islamic terror attacks, similar to the Nice truck attacks, the Charlie Hebdo massacre, uh, the the Bataclan theater massacre, and all the rest. Over thirty two attacks in the twenty first century alone, and there were more of these. Remember the, uh, Remember in France when they had the uh, Paris that the AK 47s shot up this entire cafe and like two hundred and fifty people died. It was a massive attack, way larger than what we would yeah, well. yeah. And that was done because the French don't carry, they can't carry guns. Now, it's interesting. People forget. You, know, you want to talk about the, 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 a great use of guns to save your country. It was the French uh, resistance in World War II. That was all done with privately owned firearms. They weren't government arms. They, didn't, they weren't issuing guns to the, the militia, the, the, the resistance. They had their own guns. And a lot of guns they stole from the Germans. You know, so that's that's a way a yeah, resistance famous works.
3: black female entertainer that fought with the French resistance. So female,
1: who who was that?
3: Can't her I yeah, can't name
1: Yeah, her name.
3: I don't know if she's Baker, but I'm not sure. Hurston, I'm not sure who she was. We can look it up? It'd be good to know.
1: Now it's interesting that a lot. Yeah, of, I think a lot of bill. black. Didn't a lot of black soldiers, both World War One and World War Two, stay in France after the war?
3: Well, because of uh, France didn't have look at their color skin. Yeah, a lot of uh, well, not a lot, but some of the uh, Tuskegee Airmen uh, fell in love with French women.
1: Plus, well, the French women are hot. <laughs> I love France. Uh,
0: it's
1: the accent too, French language. It'll do it to you. Yeah. Have you been there? Have you had a chance to? Uh, no, I never been. Around? Never been to France. I no think I love have it. Yeah. We need to get, uh, we need to do some action radio travels. Uh, like I say, we're looking at Belize with uh, our tour guide friend, Alan Dawson. Uh, Shelby, we've got to get, we've got to get on a cruise. But uh, I think we need to see some of Europe. I've got to go to Europe, got to go, go to Asia, got to go to Africa and got to go to South, South America. There's some places we just have to go and we have to bring action radio mm-hmm. with us. But uh, we have a blast. You and I have a blast in Paris. You can be great fun. That would be cool. Be yeah, Radio. you could
3: fly up around Nova Scotia and take uh, the short jump over to uh, Europe.
1: Well, I could fly my jet when I get it. It's got a thousand mile range, and so that's enough to get from here, you know, probably Maine, you know, then Gander, Newfoundland, then the Azores, you know, then over to Europe, uh, then over to uh, Shannon Island, just like they used to do the old prop jobs. Mm-hmm. That's how they used to do it. Yeah, the old DC fours and sixes and sevens. I don't think there ever was a DC five. I think they skipped that for some reason. Maybe it was a bad airplane. But yeah, I remember as a kid, you know, watching the DC fours, uh, sixes, uh, and sevens fly overhead, you know, in Toronto before the Jets came in. You know, back in the, well, I guess they, yeah, they had the right. they had the seven hundred sevens. Yeah, yeah. Actually, my first uh, flight on an airline was on a was on a Vickers uh, Viscount. You know, that was my first airline flight.
3: You know, you look at their French place. history; they used to get beat up uh-huh. by the Vikings quite a bit too.
1: Well, that's interesting. Yeah, but they had a real tough Gauls. Gauls. Remember the Gauls of France that uh, took on the Roman Empire? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, people do something, too. Although the French government gave up on the French in World War II, uh, the French in World War I, uh, except for the government and their horrendous military leaders, were incredibly brave. You know, there's a lot of French aces. René Lefonte, uh, from World War I. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the French have, have long been incredible fighters. You know, Where do you think the three musketeers came from? <laughs> you know, France is a long tradition. <laughs> That's true. They're they're French. Okay. You know It uh, was,
3: a, was a, produced by uh what's their writer, the Russian writer. As a matter of fact, he was black. No, it
1: was a, it was a French Who writer. Uh, Alexander No, it was Dumas. Alexander Dumas. Alexander Dumas. 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 Yeah, but Dumas. He wasn't he wasn't Russian, he was French. Wasn't he? I'm not the one Well, no,
3: yeah, you're right. You're right. I was thinking about the Russian something there. Alexander Dumas created the stream he would in America, he would be considered black because, of, you know, it ranges from the brightest of the bright, to the darkest of the dark, so huh. politically, the way change, change. But uh, he was what? a human being, and he was a good writer.
0: Well,
1: yeah, yeah, like the, human whole idea of, yeah. And the whole idea of, of, of dueling. <laughs> see, I like the idea of dueling, you know, not, not to the death, but first cut. You know, if you're if you're a real man and you believe in your convictions, I see women dueling, too. That'd be interesting. We did, remember we did a show on dueling, on the virtues of dueling mm-hmm. uh, you know, and the fact that we don't need lawyers as much? But if you really believe in your convictions, would you face a man with a sword? I would. Yeah. Would I want to die in the process? No. Would I practice? Absolutely. But I think uh, rapiers would uh, first cut, and usually it's on your arm because that's the part that's the furthest out. Um, but uh, if you were dueling in rapiers, if you had the com- courage of, of your convictions where your life was on the line, where you absolutely believed in what you were saying, um, that's a much better test of uh, of your convictions than you know some lawyer arguing in a court for you, you know where the most money wins. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, dueling didn't always work. You know, uh, Aaron Burr, who was a scumbag, killed Alexander Hamilton in a du- in a duel, but that was pistols. Pistol- pistols is not dueling. That's cheating. Real dueling is with swords. I was born the wrong time, Pianki. I'm real. I'm, I'm like you know, hundred. I'm two hundred years out of date, <laughs> where I should be. But of course, I like having the, the technology. I really like having Novocaine, you know. So the technology and Novocaine, you know, for, for dental stuff. That's the, those are those are two essentials. That's what I would I would miss those if I had to go back to the 1700s. Okay, I think I pretty much covered Macron and uh, and Le Pen, and we uh, you know where these folks all stand. But the basic thrust of all the stuff we're talking about today, there are people that uh, believe in their country. You know, nationalism is a good thing.
3: Nationalism, yes. You know, and, and it, they've been given derogatory, but technically true. When they say white nationalists, there's black nationalists who believe strongly in the country. And mm-hmm. they've just been labeled black. There's yellow and red nationalists. So it's an affirmation for your country.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but as you said, you had the, the white guy from Zambia. You know? And so it doesn't – we need to get the, the skin color out of this this whole thing. A nationalist is a nationalist. You know, especially a country, uh, um, especially the United States. You know, right. so so nationalism is a good thing.
3: You Supremacy got people is not. Right? Yeah. Nigeria announced that they would no longer allow um, European actresses like showing on billboards and so forth, and immediately the woke crowd say, "Well." No more white women will be actresses and models in Nigeria. Man, well, hell, there's the white Nigerians. Yeah, oh. much
1: of the population. You know, I'm, I'm just curious. I, <laughs> ballpark figure.
3: It's not much of the population, but they do exist. So the yeah. message was not about skin color. It was about nationality.
1: Oh, well, if they're both Nigerians, though, that I'm a little confused here. So, in other words, the See identity of a Nigerian you had, you had the you crowd to be black. in
3: America. Thinking, right. No, you had the woke crowd in America saying that, well, they're not going to allow this good, that the whites can't uh, go into Nigeria and take over. But it's <sighs> not. They weren't. They said that it was going to be Nigerians first. Yeah. And they're all white Nigerians.
1: So, so, the, so, in the, as far as Nigeria was concerned, there was no problem having models that were white or black as long as they were Nigerian. No, as long as
3: they're Nigerian, they're nationalistic.
1: Yeah, but the racist woke crowd here assumed that all Nigerians are black. You know, they couldn't conceive of white Nigerians, and so see, this see, hmm. racism. If you want to say racism is so fascinating because the real racists don't even know they're racists; they have no clue. Uh, they're the ones that are accusing everybody else of racism, just like the real fascists. They don't realize they're fascists. Because you know, they don't, they wouldn't want to think You're they're right. fascists. They would not want to think that other people are fascists. So they call other people fascists, and yeah, they're in fact fascists. So, so then you combine the mm-hmm. two. You know, you combine racists and fascists, and you get Democrats.
3: That's <laughs> what you think about it. Well, if you think from a logical point of view or reality, you pull the table out from under them. They can't stand. This is like getting rid of government schools and putting more choice. You will start to pull one of the major players out of the leftist a playbook, and that's the teachers' union, because when more parents start utilizing choice, there will be less need for teachers who pay dues to the teachers' union. Well, we could get rid of
1: the the federal teachers' unions by simply, and I'm surprised Trump didn't do this, uh, revoking uh, JFK's executive order. See, the only reason we have federal union uh, employees or federal employee unions is because of an executive order. Congress never passed a law on it. It's order uh, ten nine eight eight. I remember because it it's sequential one zero nine eight eight. So if you look that up, uh, executive order 1098, nine eight, uh, that's Kennedy's order allowing for uh, federal uh, worker unions. So all Trump has to do is revoke that one. So oh, no more. So Trump can get rid of all the federal unions, which he should do, because uh, government workers should not be allowed to unionize because they don't negotiate with their boss. That's us, the taxpayer. They negotiate with politicians who take our money, our tax money to pay unions and buy votes with it. You know, that relationship between the politician and the, the, the government union person is an illegitimate relationship. It is, it is an inherent bias uh, and it's, it's, it should be illegal uh, because they're not negotiating with the people that uh, have the money. See, a private union negotiating with a private company there's a finite supply of money.
3: Yeah, there's, there's a finite a corporation. That, uh, mm-hmm. that particular segment of industry, of government and union, a lot of blacks who are Democrats.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, but if you revoke that, so you know, there'd
1: be no SIU. There'd be no teachers' unions at the federal mm-hmm. level. I'm sure there'd be state and local level. But there'd be no no federal teacher unions, no federal government workers' unions. None of that stuff would exist. They'd be gone. And
3: see, when, exec- when Nancy Pelosi say, we're going to go after your gun, well, then the conservatives say, well, we're going to go after your government unions, which is a lot easier anyway. because it's a it's an uh, executive order. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. it's 10 o'clock.
1: It is. Well, let me play the thing I promised to play for Brianna earlier, which is our piece on the, the church and state, uh, the actual explanation of uh, of what really happened between uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson and the uh, Danbury Baptists in, in Connecticut. So, with that, Pianchi, I'll see you tomorrow, hopefully. We've got uh, Wednesday. We've got uh, Captain Tom Stewart with the defense report. Um, we've got uh, – what else do we have here? We have our, our women, our wild women of Wednesday wellness. <laughs> I'm not sure who's going to be on yet. We never know. There's like
3: any of the three of them. Are yeah, all I can't wait on. till Wednesday. And get gizzling, gizzling Wendy and the rest of
1: them. Oh, yeah. Wendy Wendy Arthur with the Oh My God report, Bill Fecky with his report, and the Women of Wellness, and uh, Captain Tom Stewart, uh, who brings on the most amazing guests. Yeah. That show last week. Do you remember that one when we had uh, Dr. Sandy uh, Mayarecki, Were the two people who mm-hmm. she brought, the, the Air Force uh, cadets and, and the whole... Uh, vaccine crap mandate stuff the 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 COVID jab that show is amazingly popular that uh, that reached a, a bunch of folks yeah, but so you bring them the on up. the
3: the basis of the country the basis oh, of the doc found documents found in docu- documents should be mandatory
1: well it should but we have a channel that does that we have our action radio uh founding moments is the youtube channel where i'm putting all these things in so it's there i've made like 36 mm-hmm. of them i think already i need to make a more It's going to be a multi-year project. All right, Pianki, take care. We'll talk to you soon. Um, I'm going to uh, play this. Thank you. Play this here, and let me see if I can find it here real quick. And this is on Church and State. I'll be right back in a bit with uh, the final closing uh, stuff. This is Greg Penglis for Action Radio with Founding Moments, insights into our founding documents, Sponsored by Santa Rosa Volunteers here in Santa Rosa County, Florida. Santa Rosa Volunteers is available at their website, srv1776.com. That's srv1776.com. There is no separation of church and state in the Constitution. Therefore, the Supreme Court can't imagine that it really is there, or should be there, so they can't create the rule out of thin air and then enforce it as if it actually did exist. The biggest problem with the controversy between Thomas Jefferson, then president, and the Danbury, Connecticut Baptists, a religious minority, is that everyone focuses on the answer by Thomas Jefferson, saying there is a wall of separation between church and state. But they never consider the request made by the Danbury Baptists that Jefferson sought to answer, and therefore where the wall of separation actually is. If you only have the answer, then you can make the question anything you want, including making the question fit the answer to advance an agenda, or denying that there even is a question. The question now is whether the government is free from any of the moral constraints or persuasiveness of religion such that religion and government are walled off in isolation from each other so that government can contemplate and implement any power for themselves without any organized religious participation, debate, opinion, objection, or protest. That is a complete bastardization of the exchange between Jefferson and the Baptists and has been used to advance a bogus set of laws and court opinions. The background for this controversy comes from the article mentioned below, which says, The First Amendment was meant as a limit on the National Congress only. Madison wanted limits on the states too, but they were rejected. State limitations on religious liberty and establishment persisted after the First Amendment was adopted. Religious tests for office remained in place in most states. In Connecticut, 1818, and Massachusetts in 1833, did not disestablish their official state churches until decades later. The Supreme Court reinforced the idea that the Bill of Rights did not apply to the states, but rather only to the national government in Barron v. Baltimore in 1833. Back to me. Where this becomes especially critical is when the states, not the state, as in government in general, but the individual states, Established their own religion and churches because they were not subject yet to the First Amendment. It is in that context that Jefferson is responding to the Danbury Baptists. The key part of the Danbury Baptist letter to Jefferson is this clause: "What religious privileges we enjoy, as a minor part of the state, we enjoy as favors granted, and not as inalienable rights. And these favors we receive." at the expense of such degrading acknowledgments as are inconsistent with the rights of free men. The Danbury Baptists, being a religious minority in a larger group of Congregationalists, which was the state religion of Connecticut, were being discriminated against for not being part of the state religion. And because the First Amendment only referred to Congress making no law, regarding the establishment of a government religion, but left the states free to do so. We had religious freedom at the federal level, but privilege and discrimination at the state level. That is why the Danbury Baptist wrote Jefferson. Now Jefferson's response makes sense. He says to the Baptist, believing with you that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and his God, that he owes account to none other for his faith or his worship, that the legitimate powers of government reach actions only and not opinions. I contemplate with sovereign reverence that act of the whole American people which declared that their legislature should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation between church and state put in modern English, the individual relationship between man and God is direct, and the wall of separation is so that the government never crosses that wall between individuals, their churches, and God with state religions, state churches, religious laws and tests, religious qualifications for office, etc., etc. However, there is nothing in law or the Constitution preventing churches, religions, and religious individuals like pastors, priests, ministers, etc., and just regular folks, too, from exercising moral persuasion, evaluation, and criticism over government because the free exercise of religion also includes the redress of government for grievances. The wall of separation, of which Jefferson spoke, only works one way. To understand Jefferson and the Baptists, it's not the wall of separation between church and state, It's the wall of separation between the free exercise of religion and any state-established religion. That's it. Everything else is agenda-driven narrative. The source for the Federalist Papers is federalistpapers.org. The Anti-Federalist Papers are from selfeducatedamerican.com. The Articles of Confederation are from usconstitution.net. This episode also used Thomas Jefferson's misunderstood letter to the Danbury Baptists from the Washington, Jefferson, and Madison Institute website. This is Greg Penglis for Action Radio with Founding Moments, sponsored by Santa Rosa Volunteers. Their website is srv1776.com. That's srv1776.com. Please share this report to anyone who needs it. See all the fun we have here on the show. <laughs> this has been a great day. We've covered a, a lot of ground. It may have gotten a little tedious. I don't like to have two hours in a row with a guest uh, or a report. That's unusual. I am looking for another report to fill that uh, to fill one of those hours, um, just because it, it's just easier. It's just better. And Wednesday has the opposite problem. Wednesday it's all reports and there's no time, you know, for me to to talk about issues. But that's okay because we have such good reporters. So tomorrow, once again, we've got uh, Bill Fecky. Leads the show off, and then we have uh, um, Wendy Arthur, Bill Fecky with Fecky Report, Wendy Arthur with the Oh My God Report. We've got uh, our our Wednesday Women of Wellness, and then we've got uh, Captain Tom Stewart with our Defense Report. So it's going to be a busy day. Thursday is the World's Greatest Doctors panel, and Friday is uh, kind of our free-for-all with gun reports, a constitutional report, and a financial report, and then the last hour. The last hour is going to be interesting. We're going to talk butterflies. (laughs) I love butterflies. Wait, you don't like butterflies? What's wrong with you? We have a butterfly house controversy in in Milton. You know, you'd think of all things to worry about in the world, you know. But yeah, listen, from from nuclear war to butterflies, we cover it all here. And that's what we're going to talk about Friday. A couple of announcements uh, on the way up. I want to encourage you to read that broadcast page. You know, the one under our title, Action Radio, The Globalists in Europe and Here Versus Us. I prefer us. You know, so I, I try and come up with pithy titles every day. But if you read those notes, you know we've got uh, encouragement to share the show. You got the website Writeshorelaws. dot com. You know, get get us with drive times just to hook up your cell phone to your, your car audio. You know we have our schedule. Then we have our discount codes WYL for uh, you know my pillow and grave care and uh, uh, we've got uh, Strikeforce Energy. That's a discount code. You know, those are our three affiliates so far. We're gonna have more. Uh, and then of course the last part talks about the show times. Uh, talks about how to use the keyword search to find the episodes you want. We've got a lot. We got we got so we're coming up on our on our 1,000th uh, show on Blog Talk Radio. So October 10th, uh, Monday, October 10th is our 1,000th show. It also happens to be Columbus Day. So Columbus had a discovery, and we did too. So so 1,000 shows, 1,000 Blog Talk Radio episodes of Action Radio are coming up Monday the 10th of October. It's kind of interesting. October is usually a big month for me. Things happen. Stuff is crazy. Anyway, so you look at the bottom of the uh, the show. And you'll see that last panel has our show times, has our keyword search, has our Skype name. If you want to call in from anywhere in the world, if you have Skype online, it goes directly to the show. We've got our founding moments uh, on YouTube. You can find that. Uh, contributors, go to paypal.com slash paypalme slash action radio. Our bill site, writeyourlaws.com. And my public email, greg at writeyourlaws.com. So that's what it's all about. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central Time and we've got uh it's still daylight savings time we're gonna have we're a standard time coming up pretty soon but we're still on daylight saving and i will see you all tomorrow this is greg Penglis. so what is action radio it is a radio show with its own citizen legislature that's you the listener it is a fully interactive system of listeners expert guests social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis.